This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Hey, folks. Welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd. Here with me, Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Having a a better week than a lot of people, and uh, a worse week than others. So, so was you, man? I I mean, that's that's true every week. It just depends on which people, right? Um, I'm doing I'm doing all right. A little tired, but uh, we'll make this thing work. Um, as usual. Um, it ain't nearly as bad as like the the flu game thing we did a few months ago. My God, but uh, yeah, yeah. I am. Um, just a little tired, but anyway, let's uh let's get to it. There's a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. A for a week where there's no like WWE pay per view, there's no Stardom pay per view. Believe it or not, <laughs> there's no big New Japan news. There's no big WWE thing or whatever. There's no big AEW thing. Like this was a lot of news, a lot of news, and what is kind of a quiet week. But uh, yeah, I, um, where do you want to start? I I appreciate them for that. Before we get to that, we do have to do some general housekeeping. Um, we have coming up. The, the recording session for the FOH draft. Uh, I think this is going to be the sixth one, if I'm not mistaken. If you guys aren't familiar with the FOH draft, you can check out the archives uh, back on the Social Suplex Podcast Network feed. Uh, it's where we go insane at the end of the year. We do a show. We have drinks on the air, and we get very drunk. It's um, not just in, that in a we lot of drink cases. on air. It's also that we drink in pregame before we go on air. Yes. So, so we start we, we drunk come and progressively in. get drunker in theory. Yeah. Yep. And and we, we basically shoot on the business. We we draft like all the biggest, like, you know, bad or the all the worst kind of things that happened over the year, whether it's news or bad storylines or you know, all out L's or whatever we want to ran on pretty much. And uh it's very entertaining and it's filled really agenda dope. plots. Filled agenda plots. Yeah. Yep. Um, so last year we, um, put it behind the pay hip. Uh, so you guys did, uh, could do like a proud to pay type model. So you could do like, you know, if you wanted to pay five bucks for it, you wanted to pay like 10 bucks for it. We had somebody that paid 50 bucks for it last year. So whatever you guys uh, want to put down on it, uh, we would appreciate it. And, you know, it's like a little, a way for you guys to, uh, you know, thank us at the end of the year. Uh, for for all the entertainment and all the, you know, we give you a pretty great show uh, in return for that. So um, yes, I heard about that Tajiri news, Brahaven. Um, I, I'm still trying to process it all. So um, yeah, man, it's uh, 
that that's that thing's gonna be fun. Do you, do you know what you're drinking yet, or are you, are you gonna reserve that for uh, on air? Uh, no, I I you know I normally don't do that. Uh, like I know that Josh is Josh is infusing spirits that. <laughs> Josh is working on his drinks right now, playing yeah, around yeah, like a yeah. little kid. Yeah, yeah, fucking uh, amateur alchemist. What? <laughs> but he, uh, but yeah, he uh, he's preparing. I, I haven't heard anything about Jeremy and what he's doing. Um, but if I had to yeah. guess Jeremy will have like that that orange, like those orange type beers. He does. Okay. I don't know what they're called, but like it's like those uh, like citrusy type ones. But okay. Yeah, you might like, switch it up on me. Yeah, for, you know, I know you every year. You, you seem to do something different. Me, like I just whatever comes to mind, I'll grab. Uh, I, I, we'll see what happens. We'll see what we end up grabbing. Uh, but, um, but yeah, um, I, I, I will be I, on the wine this year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the wine this year. Like I've been, oh, yeah. you know, so like I, I feel like I've been pretty diverse over the years. So like you know, there was a. Uh, I think the, the first that, year you just drank Henny straight, and I was like, "Okay, yeah." Uh, it, was, it was Henny. <laughs> it was Henny straight a couple years, and then it was uh, the White Claws. That one really got me fucked up. <laughs> um, the I think I did a. I think I did Goose straight last year. So uh, this time it will be the Vintners Red. So if y'all ever want to get on that, it's not that expensive. It's uh, it's really great. So um, very very. Tastes very good, so I, I got put on it about a year ago. So yeah, Henny Straight. That's that was the uh, you know, you know, Henny on the rocks or whatever. But um, yeah, it was it, it was nuts. Um, but yeah, that's gonna be dope. But yeah, man, I guess we should start with um the the big news up front, kind of. So there was news that came out that said Sasha Banks will be appearing at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, and she is done with WWE. Uh, a lot of reporting has come out uh, since from Mike Johnson, Dave Meltzer, uh, even Voice of Wrestling with Joe Lanza. And it was no, I did not do Four Loco. I I cared about myself. I <laughs> we were just we were just talking about Four Loco this weekend, right? Uh, Jamie uh, from our Largo Loop uh, uh, fr- fan friendship uh, click or whatever else you want to call it. Like he suggested while I'm in Japan that I try a sh- strong zero. And I was like, what, what is that? What is it like the American equivalent of? And he was like, oh, I don't know, a four local. And I was like, why were you? I thought we were friends. <laughs> like, why, why, why the fuck were you suggesting to me? And he was talking about how, like, how good it was. I was like, if, the, if, if this is in fact a four local, then I need to have, I need to like see if you are okay. If like there's, if there's anything you want me to, you know, listen to. Cause like, for for your sake, for your well being, I'm willing to listen because it, it can't never come to that. It, it can't never come to that. I I, I think I t- I think I end up totaling that thing like I'd rather snort coke than uh than, than drink another four local in my life. Uh uh-uh, uh, not happening. Not doing it. Speaking of coke, we'll get to that later. But yeah uh yeah man um nah no thank you four local can't do it cannot do it. Yeah man it. Nah, I, I I always heard about it. Never never wanted to try it. So, um, they basically announced that Sasha Banks is going to appear at Wrestle Kingdom seventeen. Uh, there was you know a lot of kind of wondering like exactly how that'll be done. I guess that remains to be seen. Um, like as far as like what you know, this could be just you know her walking out. As a challenger, it could be her having some type of short short match, like kind of like you know, like an exhibition win 
uh, before uh, the the women's match happens, and then kind of you know she calls her shot. That's kind of like the you know uh, you remember Russell Kingdom seventeen how they had Cody and Juice Robinson where it was kind of like a short dominant like match or whatever. Thirteen, um, I think it was eleven. So eleven, okay, okay, yeah. So um, I don't. Th- this lines up with all the stuff of her not taking bookings until January first. Uh, um, she's been trademarking up a storm, Mercedes Monet, uh, a couple different other things. And uh, I, I actually listened to some of our old stuff uh, where we were covering Sasha and her departure from WWE. And I just got to say, man, the, the level of cope that I saw on this timeline already, we, we haven't even look. She hasn't even debuted yet. James, they are they are They've lost their minds already. I already put somebody on the summer GM screen to the tune of 2,400 likes uh, on Twitter um, for, for, you know, switching up the game on some ludicrous shit. And <laughs> it's a lot of copium, a lot of denial, uh, a lot of people that are going to struggle to explain this stuff. And I, I feel like, you know, I, I feel like this is a column I'm going to write, but I don't know how to tell y'all, but Sasha Banks has been leaving WWE for years. Like, this is this was always what she wanted to do back in 2019. Like, she was trying to get out of there. And then she came back, you know, under more promises. And it's like, I don't I don't understand why people think that, you know, every big event that would go by... Like, oh yeah, Sasha, this is gonna be the one. She's coming back. She's coming back. People talk themselves into it. And she's she's wired different than a lot of these folks. And I've I've seen people make the comments like she did the interview with Stone Cold. She essentially laid out the whole thing. We already have made the case of how they've um they've never really valued her. And it's you know, you think about WWE. I don't think WWE is ever going to pay her as a top star because they've never seen her as a top star, um, despite, um, you know, basically being essentially like, you know, like doing actually the one that's moving numbers like <laughs> like, you know, like with with the Roman stuff. And you could point at Sasha clearly being one that's moved numbers and not necessarily, you know, in his case. But it. uh it is always strange how they've treated her. Um, I've lamented the days of her having to put over Alexa Bliss, Charlotte Flair, how she got moved out the way um, for Ronda Rousey this year. And I think we should probably remind everyone because I think they, they seem to struggle about how exactly this departure exactly happened and the circumstances around it. Mm-hmm. Like this woman was set to wrestle Charlotte for the championship by all accounts before Ronda Rousey shows up. Yep. Ronda Rousey shows up. They move her out the way. People that have and like when she's supposed to win the rumble too. Presumably. Yeah, presumably. Yeah. People have talked themselves into thinking like Sasha Banks and Naomi's like this long time, like they're this duo, this package deal. It is not like that. Like, and yeah. like these two are like their own separate cases, I feel yeah. like. And they I haven't think been. A, they're not some long time act. Like they've been an act before when they were team bad in 2015. But like they're 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 friends, whatever. But they're not like it's not like it's Bailey and Sasha, for example. Right. That would think make you you know think of it that way. In the, right. Yeah. People seem to forget these two were thrown together 
to to pacify Sasha to win that to give him a championship like hey we know we couldn't let you you know we had to take take this from you so we're gonna go ahead and give you this championship and we'll let you do something with it whatever you know and it was after that you know the the promises were not kept and they were continued to being used as the um you know how they use the, the women's titles. They're basically stepping stones for the singles belts whenever they want to have the champions do all that stuff. And Sasha Banks was like, no, I'm better than this. Uh, and Naomi as well. I'm better than this. And I don't know if it even like registers with people like when they call her like ungrateful and, and all this shit. And it's like, what does she have to be grateful for? Like, 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 how did they necessarily treat her so good? And I know people are going to throw, oh, she main evented WrestleMania. Da, 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 da. I'm like, okay, man. They let Kevin Owens main event when it was on accident, like this year. Like, does that really change anything? Like, did I like Sasha, Sasha and Bianca? I sure did. Were there two nights of WrestleMania? Yes. Would have ever main event at WrestleMania in a normal year where there was one WrestleMania? Fuck no. Like, we don't have to pretend. We don't have to lie. We don't have to cap. Like, and I'm not even going to get into her her usage over the years as far as, like, her not being able to defend the titles and shit. And, like, her being, like, the greatest women's wrestler this country's ever produced. And she was essentially... Charlotte Flair built her legend on Sasha Banks' back. And <laughs> there's a lot, man. There's a lot. And then the, the, for the people to only want her to stay there, to deal with that, that claim she's your favorite wrestler or your stand for her, you're fucking ridiculous. Like, I can't believe that you will want her to stay in those positions. Why? Because you don't really like Sasha Banks. You just like WWE. Stop the fucking cap. James, all yours, man. <laughs> I mean, there's there's so much to it. Like, in my mind, I'm just going over the stuff you just laid out and thinking about how, like, yeah, she did end up um, getting um, being being given a run with Na- Naomi for the women's tag titles, which like then invokes like the 2019 time when she left over those same tag titles. Um, and and it brings me back to the point where you were saying about how like people want her to just be grateful and like. That's problematic in and of itself. That you're just telling a woman, a black woman, at no less, to like just be grateful for for any little bit you got, right? Just enjoy it. That's, yeah. that's the same energy. Yeah, um, and we'll, we'll get to that too, I guess. But um, it's been a it's been a long road of like disgruntlement, and I don't know if that's a word, but like just like frustration with her. I. You know, eventually, I'm sure, you know, if this actually comes to fruition, um, there will be the, you know, the big tell all podcast on, you know, with Renee or Jericho where like, you know, I might stay up in anticipation for that one. Uh, but uh, until we get it, you, you know, we'll just wait on that. But um, there's so many things we've heard about frustration that are from a, uh, a, that have like boiled over to the forefront in ways that like things that like, we didn't even hear about with Dean Ambrose, right? Slash John Moxley. And then we got that podcast and we are like, oh, he's hated every single thing that we've hated about his, uh, his last, like, you know, six months in the company. He wants to fuck out too. So I, I, I get it. 
Uh, so imagine what we're going to get, um, potentially, uh, with Sasha stuff, the stuff we do know, where it's like they have yoked, they have yoked her around. Like she, you look at, you know, WrestleMania 32, she didn't win. It made no sense for, for Charlotte to win at the time. Uh, but she won because reasons. Um, you know, the, <laughs> getting to 2019 with the tag, with the women's tag titles, where like, they won them at Elimination Chamber, I believe, right? Yes. And, and then they lost you, them at WrestleMania. They pulled those shits out of nowhere, like, in, like, yeah. a month. Yeah. And then they lose them, the, you know, immediately. And that, you know, that sent her off a cliff. Um, or sent her away because she was in frustration. And then she came back. Um, and, uh, you know, she came back and immediately was, like, putting in, like, the hottest feud in the company at the time with her and, her and Becky. And they had, you know... Um, an amazing um, set of matches, especially the um, Hell in a Cell match. Um, one of the better matches in the main roster that year. Um, one of the very best. Uh, so, yeah, moving forward from that, like, 2020, they let her do some cool things. Like, I'm sure she always wanted to wrestle EO, and then she, you know, was able to do that. Um, she was able to wrestle, the, you know, the Kabuki Warrior program or whatever else. Um, and didn't get to the Sasha and, and, um, Bailey thing that, like, they had obviously wanted to do since 2018, but, like, Vince kept dragging his feet on it for forever and then dragged his feet to a way to where it's like, now there's no crowd. Thanks. Awesome. Um, so I'm sure that'll be listed as, re- you know, reason for frustration. Um, and then, you know, as you just mentioned, like, at all indications were that she was going to win the Rumble. Unless uh, Ronda was coming out, and then Ronda comes out, and she's moved aside again, and you know uh, there there were talks of she was asking or her asking price uh, to return to WWE was um, something that would have upset the uh, their um, their books as far as like roster roster salary as far as um, it's the most they've ever paid or or like the most they've ever paid for a woman or something along those lines. Um, and I got my frank- thoughts on that. I, I personally, I don't really think it's about the money for Sasha. Like I think, I think it's about the push, and then the money is the insurance where she figures that, you know, if you pay me a certain level, you can't push me out of the way anymore. Yeah, that's yeah. just that's just my my read on it. That, that's I don't, definitely that. I there's definitely I don't something. Have inside info there's definitely that. something to that. There's also like. I'm gonna give you. I, there's also like I know they're not gonna do this, but like I'll throw out a number. That is so high to where it's like it's fu money mm-hmm. from her perspective. That it's like I made my point. If if you if I get you to bend the knee and call me back or you know call my lawyer and say okay, right? Um, there's part of that as well. Um, so so yeah, I think that she's been done with WWE. Um, or or was prepared to check out and move on and like. You know, you see some of the things she's doing. She's shooting for a movie. Um, I think she's making, she's working towards um, a life post wrestling, post wrestling. But while like she has this opportunity, it looks like she's trying to see what she can do outside of WWE to keep herself like at a high level as far as an asking price. You know, similar to what we've seen with people like Cody, people we've seen like Rey Mysterio. Um, and, you know, I, you know, I think that she loves her fans. I think that. Like same similar thing to Moxley. Like 
it's not by forever. Like, I think that, you know, Moxley will eventually one day show up to do the induction for the Shield and, you know, for Dean Ambrose and all that kind of stuff for WWE. Do I think he'll have a rust for them? No. But, like, as far as the stuff for the fans and all that kind of stuff, I think he'll do that. Um, for the WWE fans, uh, the sports entertainment enthusiasts. Uh, yeah, so I think he'll do all that stuff. I think Sasha will be the same way. Um, so yeah, like, I, I think that this sets the stage for her potentially to, like, have, you know, an incredible run. Um, you know, I, you know, I super, I've always, you've always been a bigger fan of Sasha than me. Um, but, like, as far as, like, your, you know, your correct take that, like, she's the best woman's in-ring performer that, like, this country's ever produced. Yeah. And, um, I have always thought of, like, you know, even when we did the last year, the Sasha or game, whatever, it was always like, can you imagine if someone, if a horsewoman or if Asuka or if EO were to come back or Kyrie, for example, just recently, like they were to come back and like wrestle this, this just the loaded roster that is stardom and see what, see what they could do. Um, and like, I, we actually have, a, it looks like we have a realistic shot of seeing that. And I'm like excited for that because like, it's Sasha against opponents she's never wrestled before, and like, they're over time. Eventually, they will make her wrestle up to their level. Um, and you got to think in WWE, obviously she's had some incredible matches, right? But like, you know what it is with the pacing. You know what it is with the you know the certain rules that they have for women's wrestlers. Um, as far as violence, I whatever saw else. Someone, I saw someone calling for a Momo Watanabe match, and I was like, man. The, the stands are going to want Momo Watanabe arrested when that foot strikes with that chest. But, I, but the thing is, if she signs up, for, if she's signing up to, to wrestle Stardom wrestlers in New Japan, she knows what she's getting herself into. It doesn't mean it, it is going to hurt any less, but like she has agreed to the hyperviolence, if you will. So, like that was the thing for me um, when Kyrie first came back. Was like first first weekend back, like you know she 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 ruptures her eardrum, she does a shoot head, but. And, like, it felt like she was back. But, like, as far as, like, wrestling to the level of the top of her motion, she didn't really do that until uh, the Gold Rush historic crossover weekend. And, like, that was that was one of my favorite weekends of wrestling to see her to reach back and be like, all the stuff you saw on video, like, it ain't just lost forever and whatever else because I went to WWE and, you know, I shut my brain off of wrestling. Like, it, it took me, you know, it took her a while to get her sea legs, if you will, pun intended, um, there and like that's the thing that excites me for for Sasha to see like what is what is it like when like the swag is totally unlocked like and she can you know do everything that they told her or, or so many things that they told her at times now nah, I don't do that and that so that's what really excites me and then like she has the roster that's like you want to do that okay we did something like that you know about five months ago we can do that again like something insane that, that, to her in her mind like I think that like this is um very um it changes it changes all the directions of things you can do in the ring. Uh so I'm really excited for that and see like what are possible what the possibilities are now that like the limiters off. So we got a new report today with her um from uh, Voice of Wrestling. Uh Joe Lanza, make sure you guys check it out, Patreon. Uh basically uh, I'm not gonna read it word for word here, but he said essentially the Sasha and Bushi Road um negotiations started um you know, right after she walked out on yeah. WWE, uh, Rossi basically <laughs> came out here. No, stop. That's not right there. Sorry, Rich. Tampering. 
they're separate. Like, understand, different country, you know, they're not going to go after and pursue the other else. But, like, when people talk about AEW and WWE and all and, and or whatever else, so, like, I'm not saying that necessarily, like, Rossi, like, DM'd her on Twitter or had Ro- or Sonny DM um, Sasha on Twitter, but it's like, Obviously, like somebody sent some you know, some go between or whatever else to to to, to, to you know let her know like hey if, if if there's a possibility like let's 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 talk so like that's tampering that's tampering and like it happens everywhere and like let it happen let it go let's let's do this. So um, Rossi was basically telling the wrestlers that Sasha like had followed the promotion she had mutual interests. Uh, also, you know, that post-January uh, uh, booking timeline still lines up. Uh, however, Rossi was, like, lost interest when uh, when Sasha, like, get, dropped that price on him. That was, like, way beyond stardom's budget. And then, uh, basically, <laughs> the it, it goes over from there to uh, Kadani. He basically greenlights um, uh, Rossi to basically pursue the deal. Um, and right now, like, there's not a... There's not a full contract or anything for her, but what they have is like a limited appearance deal. So think like maybe like, you know, your Chris Jericho stuff and the number that she's uh, set to reportedly come through will make her uh, is high, significantly higher than the Jericho number. And it's going to make her by far the highest paid Bushi Road con- contracted wrestler um, from there. Like it's it's like a small limited date uh, number of limited dates. Bushiro may feel that they um, they can't afford to invest in her full time, uh, but they'll pay. It seems like they're gonna try to you know shoot their shot with maybe like three or four uh, you know like maybe three or four shows, and then basically in those four shows try to capture whoever they can uh, off of Sasha being there. Um, that also brings into play January eleventh. Uh, they announced a mystery partner uh for or it did a uh angle with uh Soraya and Britt Baker where uh Britt challenged Soraya to a tag team match January 11th uh this is obviously a week after Wrestle Kingdom so uh this is the you know Kenny will be returning and then presumably uh Soraya will have to get a mystery partner uh to join her and all signs point to Mercedes Monet as well. So yeah, to the, um, to the point to where like it, it may very well it could not be her. But at this point, who could it, it be? No, no, hold on. Let me finish. If it isn't her, you need to announce who because because they didn't say it was like a missing part. Like it's not going to be announced. Like because it's a few weeks. Like if it ain't her, they need to be like, hey. I mean, like this. No, I mean, like AW, this particular AW did this before all this shit came out. So I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Look, but, if people want to think that that's on them. No, no, no. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm doing the if they if if in an alternate world where like it isn't in fact her, it's, it's someone else, right? If it ain't her, they need to announce that it ain't her right now, like this week. So people don't show, no people don't grow in anticipation for it being her. You get what I'm saying? Like the longer no. this goes, the longer this goes, where they don't say it's it's uh it's uh. Announce who it is, the more likely have, it is her. That's where I'm getting have, I, I don't think they have any incentive to to squash that, like to, to do anything like that. Because if it's not her? Yeah, because they, they were in front of all this news. Like they, they're shooting an angle. So 
let that shit ride. Like, I, I, I don't think Rich. they need to come out here and be like, yeah, it's not Sasha Banks because they have no it. Like in your theory, no, they not, would have no contractual obligation to Sasha Banks. No, so, no, no. Not that it's not her. That is anyone else. Because the second that person comes out, what's going to happen? The crowd's going to be like, oh, we thought it was Sasha Banks. And that's them. Like I, for, but, for thinking that, like, you know, if, if you're going to be disappointed for that. That's. I think that's on now. I. I don't think that's. Okay. AW needs to jump out and say it is not Sasha Banks. I like. I don't. I no. Don't no. It's not about. It's that. not about saying that's not Sasha Banks. It, it, in in that way, it's about announcing who it is, so that the fans don't immediately be like, "Oh, it's not Sasha Banks," because that's immediately what the crowd's going to do, whether whether you think that's fair or not. That's exactly what they're going to do. So, like the way you get ahead of the crowd is to be like, cut off right now and be like, "This it's actually person X." whoever X is, if it's not Sasha. But the longer it goes where you don't announce it, Sasha, the more like it, it damn well better be Sasha. Otherwise, people will be mad. Look, look, I'm pretty sure they know what they're doing. They announce that shit like um, over a month in advance for a random women's match. They never do a shit like that. I think that's that's pretty clear I, on what's right, happening right. here. And, and that's where I'm getting on with the Occam's Racer part, where it's like, it's if you're playing off the CM Punk um, uh rampage first ramp or second rampage show like then you just and also like who do you think's floating this, this stuff out uh there are some people that thinks that think uh mike johnson is sasha's guy so if it comes from mike johnson as far as the like there there's some na- there's some backstage nastiness brewing all going on here S- something's happening to where i feel like if you are TK and you are Bushi Road, chances are you're in communication over a lot of things. If there was news that you wanted to get out there, I I would think if the news is going to leak in a certain order, it would leak in the order it did. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think it would have come out her being linked to AEW first because then that would immediately like be like well. That means she could probably do Wrestle Kingdom or something like that. I I don't know. It, it, there's something going on here. Well, I think if you go to the AEW thing immediately, like you're not even think you don't think about Russ you don't think about Russell Kingdom at all. Um mm-hmm. and it, but if you do the Russell Kingdom thing first, like naturally you're gonna be like, Oh shit, does that also mean I mean what do we all immediately do with the January eleventh thing in the forum? Like same thing. So like it all builds anticipation on top of each other doing it the way the sheet that the way that it's being done. Um and also, like, you hear about, like, the sticker price or whatever else, if it was obviously, like, and I guess I guess now it's time to drop the part where it's, like, Rossi, like, <laughs> convinced Kadani to <laughs> to flip the bill for Sasha Banks <laughs> by putting, by creating this title and putting that shit on New Japan. <laughs> and this shit's all about the Bush Road budget, but not the starter budget. Rossi's a finesse of the year off this shit. <laughs> but, um... Like thinking about it from uh, that perspective of like, yeah, um, they're doing that and then moving on. Like if if that, if that kind of price tag for the a la carte so, so limited date thing for Sasha is that high, then like somebody, I mean, I, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world if he found out someone was helped flip the bill. And you know, like it could very well be Tony Gunn. Especially given, um, like, also what is thrown into, like, uh, what might, might be strong um, being put potentially uh, on uh, Honor Club as well. So, like, I think this is all, like, working upon each other. 
Um, now that we, yeah, I think it's all coming together in that in that particular way. So, um, you know, when they talked about they wanted, you know, the IWGP Women's Title to help with drawing for strong shows or whatever else, well, like for for all the talk of like whether it was Kyrie or it was Mayu, like Sasha does a lot more for that than either one of them. And I remember uh, when they first announced the IWGP Women's Title, they they did say like there was an unbe- I believe the quote was unbelievably famous uh, pro wrestler that was going to be involved. That didn't come to fruition. It's almost as if this was you know they thought that she was going to be out in the summer. summer. And then, like, now it's time for her to be here. Yeah, so, um, yeah, like, this is, this seems to be a, a lot more, uh, like, a lot longer coming than, um, than, like, you know, we thought. Like, as far as this whole thing, like, they could have been talking about this since the beginning of the, since she left. Like, she walked to the door and was like, right, fuck this. I'm, how do I start up? How do I just start over? And it was, like, mainly going, going down, like, first place to go. And here we are. So, um... It's going to be exciting to see wherever she lands because um, apparently she's out of her contract at the end of this year. <laughs> I am going to. Uh, January 4th and January 11th are going to be all-time Twitter days. All-time. Yeah. Can't wait. Line it up. Start start bookmarking the tweets now. It, look, yeah, if you, if you see something good, send it to me. The DM, like, I, don't, I don't think the DMs are open, but make sure I see it. <laughs> because I will be, I will be bringing it all back to the light. Brew Haven made a great point. Roger, there will Drew. be nastiness. Oh yeah, he was, he was, he was out there on Twitter um, uh, this week, basically, you know, in, in ways where he could, you know, plausibly deny it. He was taking the victory lap. Yeah, I mean, if he look, had it, if look, he had it right, then he had it right. If he had it right, I think, I think a lot of people need to get their back straight for yeah. for old Raj. Because the thing with uh, with Raj is like I I just I I find his opinions to be trash, much like the same thing with um at times with Ryan Satin. But like I don't I don't necessarily question their reporting, right? Yeah, I just think yeah, there's, just there's think gonna they, be a lot of there, there's gonna be podcasts that completely ignore what she's doing. Uh, there's gonna be just man, and, and y'all know the podcast. I don't want to start podcast beef, but um yeah, there will be people that will remain on mute and and. and and seethe and cope when they have to talk about these things. But, Why? Because it challenges their view of pro wrestling. They have know. to learn more. They have to. They have to not know as much as they think, and it's scary for them. Yeah, the bad faithers. They are in hell, James. Hell, right now, having to deal with this. <laughs> so that that is something worth you know that is definitely worth mentioning. My question is like, as far as you know, talking about the Western expansion for Stardom and Bushi Road and New Japan, like this is obviously a, a huge get for them. Um, I'm interested to see, like, Tanya. Now's the time. <laughs> now's the time. It's you know over the, over. I think it was over the summer. She was saying like you know nah, Stardom. Stardom's a little interesting, whatever else. And, you know, I, we even seen her on Twitter say something along the lines of, like, look, if, it, you know, Sasha show up, I'm all elite, too. Look, you know, if Sasha shows up, New Japan for wrestling, you get to know some of the wrestlers. She, she, is, she, she seems to be quite fond of seeing some of the stuff that Tam does online. So, yeah, like, I'm, you know, whenever, you know, whenever, you know, uh, this stuff comes together, like, we're here every week covering Stardom. 
We're here to fill you in. We're here for all of you. So for those that are that are that are true yeah. Sasha fans that are there for Sasha, Mercedes Barnado, yeah. and all of that, we are here for you, and we will help you figure out who the fuck she's gonna uh, wrestle at on these big shows, and we'll give you the background on on these people. Because like, look, those matches are gonna be fun. At, at worst, like regardless of whatever, like. Like Sasha will be in the ring most likely with someone that's better than her. Now I understand you want to turn off the podcast and say that. Don't do that yet. I'm just telling you what it is and what the output is when it comes to stardom. There are two. There are two digits of wrestlers that are in Amen. the ring better than Sasha. It's so this is going to be fun. This Amen. is going to be really fun. I need to. I, I I love the fact that you bring up the point of the rosters, right? Because. Man, I might uh, just have to pull up uh, something right here. So I'm I'm looking at the uh, the women's division on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> now James, she does not have to. She would not have to wrestle Alexa Bliss. Nope. She would not have to wrestle Carmella. She would not That's have to wrestle. She would not have to wrestle Dana Brooke. Nope. She would not have to wrestle. Nikki Cross. She would not have to wrestle Tamina. <laughs> Shall I pull up SmackDown now? Sure. She would not have to wrestle Aaliyah with one A. She would not have to wrestle B Fab. She will not have to wrestle Emma. She will not have to face the women's right of Lacey Evans. She will not have to wrestle the sorry Liv Morgan. She will not have to wrestle Natalia for the 900th time. She will not have to face Raquel Rodriguez. She will not have to face Ronda Sorry-Ass Rousey. She will not have to face Scarlett. She will not have to face Shotzi. She will not have to face Sonya Deville. She will not have to face Valhalla, a.k.a. Uh, what the fuck is her name? Sarah Logan. She oh, will not right. have to face Zelina Vega. What are we saying here? She would not have to face several sorry motherfuckers. Be happy. Rich, that's the thing. We get the glow because we know. That I, there's so, like, regardless of whatever success Stardom has had um, in the last uh, four years, there are so many people that have no fucking idea. There's so many people that don't. There's so many that don't. And, like, that's the part that I enjoy most about this is, like, it's going to be great to see those matches, but it's also going to be like, people are going to look around and be like, holy shit. Who the fuck is Natsapoy? Like, it's going to be stuff like that, right? It's going to be people that are like... Oh, I'll fill y'all in. Yeah, and, and that's why we're here for you, right? Like, who the fuck is Suzuki? I, obviously, we don't know if they're going to get, if those people will be in those matches, but like, the the top stars outside of probably Julia, but like... A Shuri, a Shuri, an Utami, a Tam. Like, that stuff's going to be really fun. A Mayu, of course. Like, that stuff's going to be really fun. Um, So, like, I'm, I'm, I'm with it. Um, And, like, it's going to be... And plus, the people that are going to be upset, and they're going to be... They're going to lie about some of these matches. They're like, what are they going to do if, like, you know, by the time we get to, like, the third match, or, like, her third match, she finally gets sea legs under her, and she has, like, a match that's better than any match that's ever happened in WWE. In the woman's that's, position, that's gonna be. That's they, gonna be. They will that's not know how to handle cope. it. It's gonna be some real cope. They be like, "What you mean? It was better than you know the match she had at at Brooklyn, at, uh, at Brooklyn like easy, yeah. like." And, and, and that's what the, you that's mean. The and that's the thing. That's also gonna be funny. About like, it, right? hey, bro, that shit happens all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah, that that happens like every two months here. It happens every two months here. Uh, 
Oh yes, the Brewhaven. The subtle racism will jump out. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. yes. Oh, I mean, that. definitely. Like that's always inherited. Like that's the reason why. Like you know, it's so hard to get people to watch Stardom. It's like one is Japanese wrestling, so they're gonna be like, "Well, they don't speak English, so we don't give a fuck." And then it's gonna be, "Oh, it's women that don't speak English. We definitely don't give a fuck." Like it's so it's gonna be it's gonna be a whole lot of it's gonna be a whole lot of like people like you know uh, Bro, expo- like pulling down the mask on this one. I can't wait till. I can't wait till Julia's a little bit too rough with her. I can't. I can't. I can't wait. You know. <laughs> like you mentioned the. You mentioned the moment when if Momo gets hold of her, it kicks her, bro. When <laughs> Shuri lets off one of them fucking kicks, that sounds like a, that sound like a fucking baseball bat just hit a watermelon. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that's gonna be so good. They will want Shuri Kondo arrested. <laughs> They'd be like, why did why they let this Straight fucking UFC? Jail. Why they let this former UFC fighter come in here and just just hit people like it's still UFC? That's bullshit. <laughs> it's gonna be so fucking good. I can't wait, man. These matches are gonna be awesome, man. These matches are gonna be awesome. Uh, oh, and or, also or at least highly enjoyable. Something else I might might get a good laugh at. Britt Baker will will own y'all again. She will defeat y'all. Britt ba- Britt Baker will be the one to to welcome. Uh, Mercedes. They're gonna have to do that. They're gonna have to. I welcome it. I welcome it. They're gonna have to do that at some point. Like, but uh, the thing that interests me is like, uh, if this is the you know she is doing the 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 hookup right, like do stardom, also do AEW. Um, like the the thing that I'm interested is like you know um the people she could wrestle like she could wrestle Sheeta, she could wrestle Riho. She could wrestle Thunder Rose when she comes back. She wrestled Jamie Hayter. Like, uh, they I don't know if they've ever wrestled before, but like Tony Storm. Like, there's a lot of house like, show stuff. This is I, so I don't much think anything. This is so much of a she's done she's done it all in WWE. Now it's like it's a new character, a new roster, people for her to wrestle. They're fresher that is just a fresher thing. So it, it's like And that's why I don't is, understand people great, that, that is, say I'm really excited for her. Uh but, really am. But I don't understand someone that like that would say there's nothing for her to do elsewhere. I'm like, there's plenty for her to do. Like, she can she can work on possibly being a, a Wrestling Reserve Hall of Famer. I know that's not important to everyone, right? But if she comes out here and starts popping business elsewhere, like a real star, on top of already being in WWE for years and years, mm-hmm. she's probably your best bet. From the, like, from the U.S. side, outside of Moxley? Yeah, yeah, and I don't even know how Moxley did. Oh, he's on the ballot. I think next year, next next year. Okay, okay. Um, but he fell off the first time he went on. So, like, even then, like, uh, I think it was not last year. Maybe the year before. Okay, I don't know. He, he, you know, much like how we thought that like Punk would, if not for the fiasco, would have probably you know gotten in or whatever else. Or would have made a very compelling case for the full year, if not for an injury, and then you know all that kind of stuff. Like Moxley, Moxley almost has like a. <laughs> it, it's gonna be it's gonna be real interesting to see where he lands. I I think that he's done enough um, in his AEW run to 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 pretty much like sow this that he's gonna get in. Um, like I'd be shocked if he didn't end up with like at least fifty percent of the vote next year. So I guess we should move on to um, to specifically that topic. The uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame has some new members. Uh, I believe six wrestlers, two promoters, 
no Americans, so everyone was whining and crying about all the Americans that that didn't uh, get in, and uh, in particular, uh, there was a lot of CM Punk crying uh, about him not getting in. Uh, you know, just a thought. Maybe maybe don't don't go down in flames um, <laughs> months before the observer voting you know comes out, um, and also like uh, just like the crazy shit I would see like, hey. Um, you know, these wrestlers in other regions, like they shouldn't get in before just having no concept of how this thing works. But without further ado, the tags or the people that were voted in were the tag team of Kiritawe and Toshiaki Kawada, Holy Demon Army. They were like no brainer, pretty much 76%. Uh, Kota Ibushi and Tetsuya Naito got in. Uh, we got Los Vianos from Mexico, our tag team, and Roller Brawl, Mark Rocco. I'm sure if you ask a question, keeping it strong, Sal, Josh Smith will be able to give you a lot on rollerball. Mark Rocco. Uh, <laughs> that don't sound good when you oh, say that. Oh, defer that to him over there. And also, Mystico, <laughs> right. who you guys may may know is the former Sin Cara. The original uh, Sin Cara, yeah. Yep. So, um, interesting votes here. Um, so, yeah, I... You know, you know, I was uh, stumping hard for JYD. He ended up with a six percent bump, and he's going to go into historical next year. So I don't know if that's going to make it easier or harder for him. Uh, so the the journey continues there. Uh, you know, it, hopefully that 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 thing can be solved. But I guess you know for what we kind of want to talk about here is like Kodobushi and Tetsuya Naito going in. So um, you know, these guys are both you know members of the you know the two thousand tens New Japan dynamite class like of guys your okadas omegas and tanahashis and uh it's only it seems like there's one more guy to get in here and he told me hero ishii didn't make it um he was stuck at 38 percent gotta think he's gonna do better now that abushi and naito were kind of cleared out of there um as far as abushi and naito what, what do you uh think about these guys getting it um you know, I've said to you years ago, uh, at least two years ago, like I would vote for them to be in. Um, I think it was probably like when um, Omega got in and was that 2020? Yeah. Yeah. Like after that, I was like, okay, they need to be in. Um, I'm not necessarily ranking any of them in front of each other. Uh, like as far as the international drawing thing, that's a, that's a trump card that um, Okada, or sorry, Okada, Omega has over Naito in that, in that sense. But like, they're, I mean, they're they're two of the best wrestlers I've ever seen. Like, I understand, like, uh, it, you know, late two thousands New Japan Pro Wrestling or two thousand or twenty tens um, New Japan Pro Wrestling had like just you know had a a, a group of all time guys, right? They mentioned Ishii, Okada, Tanahashi, Shibata, people like that, that ilk, Hiromu Osprey, all that stuff, right? I'm not denying that, but all these dudes are some of the are some of the best wrestlers I've ever seen in my life, and in the in the most clearest sense of a Hall of Fame, like if Tetsuya Naito's not a, not a not a Hall of Famer, if Kota Ibushi's not a Hall of Famer, who the fuck really is? Um, so yeah, it, it made sense to me. I I would have voted for them in the last couple years, and I'm glad they're in. Um, if I you know if Ibushi didn't have this weird thing where all his shirts had to be white, then I'd probably be wearing an Ibushi shirt right now. But I'm wearing the Elijah <laughs> shirt. Uh, so congrats to to Naito. Um, like a person that has frustrated me at times, but like if it's time for him to clock in, like his floor is as high as 
It's 99.9% of the pro wrestling world ever when it comes to a big match situation. Like, there are matches that he's had that are like, ah, uh, four and a half. But it's like, a four and a half star match, what you're complaining about? And that's what that's the kind of level we're talking about with, like, the top of New Japan um, in the last, uh, you know, decade plus. So, yeah, uh, he's one of those dudes. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad he's up there. And, like, you know, for a lot of fans, I, I feel like this is, uh, like, they've long waited for this uh, as far as, like, when the recognition that he's going to get uh, from, like, let's say the hardcore fans over here. Like, because, yeah, he is one of the best wrestlers ever. And, but there's always been this thing where it's, like, you know, backdoor to, or, or, you know, he had to play, like, the second fiddle to Okada for much of it. That's why he's the black, you know, the uh, the, the the dark ace and all that kind of stuff, or black ace or whatever. And then, like, when it's him and Okada, or him and Omega both chasing Okada um, during the 2017 title run, and it's like Okada, or sorry, it's Omega the ones that actually topple him. It's like he had to take backstage in that particular sense as well. So, like, yeah, um, from the storyline perspective, you know, for a person that has been been as big of a merchandise mover in um, top of the line guys, he has been like it, I can see why like that could be very frustrating if you are a huge Naito fan. Um, but like, make no mistake for like all the things that I see as v- valid reasons for why, or some somewhat valid reasons for why like they didn't actually put the ball behind them all the way because of effort level or or just age and injury and mileage or whatever else. Like, that dude is an amazing wrestler, and um, I would have voted for him, and I'm happy that he's in. Um, now, Abushi, man, like, when I think of Abushi, I don't know how many people, when I think of what goes into an in-ring performer, um, like, all of the attributes, if you will, is a video game and creating a wrestler, right? I don't know how many people, maybe, you know, how many people I've ever seen that, like, fill out, just naturally fill out in their prime filled out like the attribute level like like he did um ospreys comes to mind omega comes to mind and you know probably people like kenta kabashi and then like that's it like the level of just quickness fluidity flying technical ability ability to sell striking like the the literally like the the fearlessness of not caring like if I break my neck so be it, um it's way up there at all time level. Um obviously, you know things aren't um going that great with him of late with you know the the shoulder injury and his um seeming seeming ex, uh incoming exit out of New Japan Pro Wrestling, but like that dude was in those uh those years. Like, was it four straight G1 finals? Yeah. You think of those G1s and, like, you think of, like, the class of those of uh, of those runs from, you know, 2018 or shit, 19. Even, even before, like, yeah. shit, like 2017 when he started coming back, like, as a full-timer, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, think of, like, he was always an MVP threat in those, in those tournaments. Some yeah. of the greatest tournaments of all time, he was always, like, it, you know, always will place more or less for MVP. Like that dude's a hall of famer. Like, um, yeah. So like, you know, two dudes that have like all matches in my mind, like merely think of, I think of the G one, uh, Naito, the, the 2016 G one final with Omega, with Omega. Like that's one of the, that might be the best match I've ever seen. It's not Omega. Um, like the, uh, Russell kingdom, 14 match between Abushi and Okada where like they have to follow 
like maybe the greatest juniors match I've ever seen. And then they like they probably best it without doing a single flip in the match. It's like, like we're talking like for me they're Hall of Famers. Like it's no brain. I ain't got to really go into the analytics, a breakdown of drawing power, or whatever. It's like if 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 like oh, especially both of them because they were both very popular on uh, at the top of the promotion for for a while. Uh, they both were champions, whether it's white belt or, or the black belt or the new belt. Um, and like they won G ones, like yeah. Um, and then they had some of the greatest matches in the history of the business. So yeah, like for me, they're Hall of Famers. So happy for both of them. Yeah, man. Um, so I like over the years, I go on back and forth on Naito, and you know, as you mentioned, some of the stuff with the injuries and the effort level and the mm. um, you know just weird stuff happening around his push that just yeah. through no control of his own. Um, like when you got to go out there with evil, that's. <laughs> That sucks. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, or hey, we're, we're setting you up to win at the end of Russell Kingdom. So what we're we gonna do? We're gonna have you lose your way out of the G1, and what you kind of someone will just help. Someone will just backdoor you in to get you in anyway. We don't deserve it at all. Like, yeah, right. that's definitely not right. helping. It, it it annoyed me with some of that stuff, but uh, this guy's a great wrestler. Like, like he's a um a genius. Some would say a stardust genius. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was uh, I was happy for uh for John from Omakaze. That's his guy. So I was like yeah. on behalf of the uh Omega Army, uh welcome Test of Unite to the uh Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame. What a troll. So. Like and the, and the thing I, the thing also about it is like this year and like cuz I know you you didn't watch much of the uh the G1 this year. Like he wrestled so spiritedly that like I thought he was winning the G1. Like he was great. Uh, in G one this year, and like that match he had with uh with Osprey is like one of the best matches I saw I've seen this year. Like I've only given a I don't even know how many matches five stars this year. This is one of them. Like I I thought that he was. I mean we talked about it uh, after it happened. Like how impressed both of us were with like it. You know like it's almost like he flipped the switch back to two thousand seventeen. Um. So so yeah. Like I he that run he had this year seemed rejuvenated. Also the match he had earlier in the year with um with Okada like. Um, not not early in the year because he also had the match in um October, but yeah, like he um, or was that with Osprey? That was with Osprey. Never mind. Um, but yeah, like just the Osprey and the Okada stuff in the G one this year, like it's like it reminds you, like nah, man, this is this all this all time wrestler, regardless of whatever and however weird it is, and like right now he has no path to Wrestle Kingdom, which is weird, but like this dude had a this dude had a great year this year, and reminds you, like all the other great years he's also have had, he's also had. So like yeah, for me it's like. You know, he he he's you know. I I feel like it's fitting that he got in this year. And this might be his last great year because you know his body is so you know banged up and everything. As far as Abushi, like I've I, I love Kota Abushi. First time I ever saw him wrestle, uh, which was Wrestle Kingdom Nine, and yep. they were like he was a junior heavyweight. That's like going up to heavyweight. He was just it. Like I was like I've never heard this guy, and this guy's like the best high flyer I've ever seen. And then like at that time I know like about Ricochet and shit like that. And I'm like, oh, he wrestled Ricochet, and then I watched a match they did in 2014, and it was just like I just followed Kota Bush from there throughout his stuff when he came to WWE for a, a little bit with the Cruiserweight Classic stuff. Uh, he kind of did like a tour through the through the Indies. I was fortunate to to see him live a couple times. Well, never forget seeing the Golden Triangle in person. Um, just just seeing the Golden Triangle was just like I don't like this is a this is another this guy somewhere else, man. And whatever style, like you know, one thing I can 
kind of credit Kota Ibushi for is probably being like the most versatile wrestler um, that there was probably in that, you know, in that class of of New Japan guys. Like any style, any match against Ibushi would you want to you want to fly, you want to fight, you want to work, you want to have like a, a sprint, like you want to go thirty five. Like Abushi's your guy, like hyper violent sprint with like Ishii, yeah, yeah, man. And it like, was just like, you know, I, I was fortunate. Like my, like I, I'm glad. Like uh, him, and, him and Kenny got to be like, you know, their career tag team. Like that's like, that's just awesome. So like, you know, of course this nigga's a hall of famer. Like it's just not even like why did it take so long to get him in. Like <laughs> I, I think so, a lot of people wanted to see what he was going to do as a like full-time performer in new japan as um i think people like, punted like because they realized yeah. he was never gonna like get this the like the run he got at the top of new japan having in front of no fans there was goofy shit that happened mm-hmm. like with the new belt and obviously he's probably not the going back to new change. japan anymore the yeah quick, yeah yeah so might as well vote him in now so that's what i think people did yeah um Tawe and kawada i mean holy demon army uh you know, I, I'm still doing my journey through all Japan uh, in the 90s, but both of these guys are fucking great. I can tell you that <laughs> um, these guys have a have a laundry list of some of the best matches of all time as a tag team. Um, yeah, Brewhaven, I'm with you for sure. <laughs> that would be dope. <laughs> um, but uh, also Mystico, um, you know, he, you know, in, in the U.S. is kind of known um for you know watching out in wwe but yeah. bro you think about the wwe environment he showed up to it was probably the worst environment for someone like him to show up this is a guy who has been a really big star for a long time right walks in there he's short he doesn't speak the language they don't have anybody that wrestles his, his style really they have maybe one or two guys like epico or chavo guerrero jr primo something like that mm-hmm. and you know he has an inflated sense of self uh, they don't like that. Yep. And from there, and, you know, it just, it all got wrong. Like, you know, it all got fucked up. Like, he was uh, essentially a punchline and a joke. But he was a really big star in Mexico, and I'm glad to see him get his due in his region for, you know, what he contributed. Yeah, same. Um, I've only seen one of his matches um, in Mexico, and, like, totally different guy from what we saw in in WWE, unfortunately, but um, I respect it. Like I think didn't he win Flair Fez? Yeah, two thousand six. Yeah, he won Flair Fez out of Mexico. Like, and that shit's what, never been done. What kind of confluences of circumstances will have to happen for that to happen again? Ever? I feel like <clears throat> let's do this have, right. Let's do this right. Let's pretend like, like five the five. The five best guys in AEW New Japan and WWE will all have to get injured. In to start, in start, yeah, and start them to start at yeah. this point now, yeah, yeah. Um, like you know, for the it's so it's such a weird thing, and I've always I've been saying this since 2019 when we went to um, uh, the how was it uh, Russell oh, and, show, and also it's not all five in January they get injured. It's like they have to topple like month by month throughout <laughs> the calendar. So it just fucks their promotion. And they're constantly scrambling. That's what that would have to happen. <laughs> so uh, I remember when we went to New York for the um, for uh, the Russell Con Super Show. I believe uh, Cabanaria was there and he was doing, you know, 
speaking of that, right, we were always talking about, like, Meltzer used to talk about, like, he's doing all this shit, he's doing these floor dives or whatever else, he's doing top rope the floor dives, and his knee's going to be shot and everything, and how long is he last doing it? And then you see it in person, you're like, yo, this cannot sustain. When's the last time you heard from Kevin Ariel? <laughs> Any, but anyway, like, but it, watch, watching uh, those matches, like, Flamita was there and everything, and a bunch of different luchadors were there, and it made me think, like, we have we have this as as American hardcore pro wrestling fans. We have this you know um, huge admiration and respect for luchadors and also uh, Japanese wrestlers. But like as far as like people knowing the wrestlers and seeing all the matches, obviously this has something to do with the disorganization of like of you know in uh, in lack of seriousness of some of the promotions in in Mexico. But like you would figure that like they are. In an adjacent country, as opposed to on the other side of the world, and you figure like that distance would be, you know, would make it more hospitable to, you know, seeing, you know, Bandito um, on AEW television in 2019 or 20 as opposed to 22, right? And obviously, there's something to do with the Ring of Honor situation and all that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say, so going to say like that it didn't have something to do with it, but you get my point. Um, so, like. Thinking, just thinking, like what? What are the, you know, getting back to the point, like the part where he wins Flair Thez in 2016, compared to uh, if he were to do it now, is like, yo, 2006. He, I, I don't know if it's more. To I don't know if it's right more now. difficult then or now, it's, like because like, the, you know, like now we have all the access, and then yeah. people just choose not to use it now. Then it was like they had even less access, but somehow it worked. Yeah, so it's interesting to see what, but either way, like, I'm just trying to say, like, think of, like, the, the distance we have now. And, like, people only watch, like, you know, the most, most wrestling fans and hardcore wrestling fans, like, might check in for one of the three Triple Manias this year. Like, and that's it. So, um, like, you know, I, I keep hearing that, like, CML has gotten their shit together for the most part, especially compared to, uh, AAA. And like I, I haven't heard anybody really talk about AAA except for talk saying that um that Lance Jr. is like balling now. So like yeah, I um I just think that like it's crazy that he was able to do that. And that like so I, from a historical standpoint, like in my mind is like yeah, like I kind of I'm kind of of the belief that like if you win a pro if you win a sport you know major sports MVP like. You need a great reason for like not eventually making the Hall of Fame, like an injury or some type of like you know marvelous, you know spectacular flame out or something along that. Because outside of that, like you're a part of history. So yeah, I'm 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 fine with it. Yeah, for sure. And I guess you could um, argue that was WWE, but it's like that's WWE. They fuck up anything. Um, Sergeant Slaughter just misses it, fifty-seven uh, yep. percent. So um, I don't know if he's going over to histor- historical. He may be going over with um. JYD. Uh, JYD, yeah. Um, Steiner's got a big jump. Uh, I would assume that's due to Braun Breaker being around uh, from did, 40 to 52%. Did you see the split on their voting? I did like not. Amongst, you know, obviously historians, active wrestlers, former wrestlers, uh, and columnist writers or whatever else. Like, I, I'm, I'm sure I could pull it up. I, I don't have it listed in front of me cur- at this second. Look, they are completely, ca- not completely, ca- but like they're overwhelmingly like modern wrestlers are like voting them in. Um, which, I mean, I'm not saying that's good or bad, but it's like there is a huge level of respect in, or influence uh, from the Steiners. 
um, that you know should be noted amongst like the, uh, the 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 current crop of wrestlers we have now, and I think that's cool. Paul Ordnorf at fifty percent had a fifteen percent jump, uh, so good for him. Um, as I mentioned, CM Punk. I think I think we got to talk about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he went up eight percent, so he did so. Despite all the complaints and the crying that, you know, I, I think people were like, this is an affront to the institution. CM Punk, I, may I remind people, CM Punk didn't get in for a half a decade before this. So yep. um, I think people should be encouraged by the 8% jump. Uh, and if you feel like he's, you know, a Hall of Famer that strongly, you wouldn't be worried about the fact he didn't get in yet. Um, I, I saw, of course, insane conspiracy theories that, you know, tie back to, uh, Dave Meltzer personally doing favors for the elite to keep CM Punk out of the Hall of Fame. Y'all gotta, y'all gotta stop this. Y'all gotta stop this, man. Um, we don't like him. Don't vote him in. How many people in the Observer Hall of Fame do you think uh, he doesn't like? Are they gonna take out Jim Cornette? <laughs> no. Okay. What are we talking about? Look here. Here's also something to consider. Maybe CM Punk should not should be more liked by his fellow wrestlers. Maybe. He could get stronger voting there. So, um, yeah, um, I would have voted for the guy this year uh, had I had a vote. Uh, so I, I, I pissed some someone off real good on Twitter uh, mentioning that half a decade thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was just like, it's like, yo, bro, like it, it wasn't his time. He heard, you know? he, he heard his cause. Like had he had a had he you know, his foot not gone down, broke out down on him, whatever else. Had he not had a situation where like he doesn't wrestle for the last half of the year, like. He was he was as strong as anybody on television when, when he was in a, when he was in AEW. So like yeah, like this was this was definitely like leading towards him. Like if he had gotten a year, a full year, a full eighteen months, a full two years, like yeah, like he he would have got in. He was it was inevitable, but like obviously the injuries and the whole thing uh, fucked it all up. I'm glad uh, Bruhim brought this up. So he said Benoit being in is BS though. So. They did a recall vote in 2007. I think it's a different voter group now. Um, Dave said there will be no double jeopardy shit because he takes it directly from uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, The recall vote is going to stand. I feel like uh, people that logged in with the Benoit stuff, I felt like they hit the red button. The CM Punk thing hurt them deeply, and they know why. And they got to live with it. I don't know exactly what one has to do with the other. Um... Like, two things are true. Benoit is one of the greatest pro wrestlers I've ever seen in my life, and he is a murderer. Is this a murder? Is this a is this a non murder Hall of Fame? <laughs> yeah, man. I like like if you want. Like, I feel like, like I feel like look, it's settled. I, uh, like, and, and maybe and maybe I'm being too um, I'm being too absolute about this. Like. I believe there are. I believe uh, in a in a in certain institutions, Hall of Fame. They actually exist and aren't just like on paper. Like, yeah, I believe that you could like um like if this were a you know, pro sports Hall of Fame, whatever else. If you wanted to take OJ Simpson out of the uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I I, nece- I wouldn't necessarily have the you know I wouldn't necessarily fight against that because he murdered somebody or murdered two people, much like Benoit murdered two or three people, including himself. So like, yeah, um, I think there's room for for discussion on that, but like. I'm not going to then act because he did something heinous after in the middle of his uh career that he wasn't already a Hall of Fame level wrestler that was deserving of getting in based off the level of his work. If you want to say fuck him and he's a terrible person, yeah, 
he is. Not not disagree with you on I'm that. Not gonna argue with you. Yeah, I'm not arguing with that. There's not there's those two separate things. So like, I, but like uh, on the strength of, but arguing that is separate from the strength of whatever is going on with CM Punk. So like yeah. bringing it up is like just is just some what aboutism. It's like let, can we get focused on the con on on like what's important, which is CM Punk. If you want to go over and talk about Chris Benoit, like we can. I mean, we can both go watch that. Uh, um, that dark side of the ring podcast or not podcast show and like just feel terrible and cry about it because like that shit made that shit broke me down multiple times. So yeah, Amen. like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. But as far as CM Punk, look, man, he cost they want, no, they, there's they, no way around. It. He cost himself this year. If they want CM Punk to get in the hall of fame, get out there and advocate, write a blog, make a video, write a letter, send it to Dave, start a movement, start, do what I did with JYD, hit the ground, stop crying like your master in public come on man um ted turner 41 percent jyd 38 and also another thing about it's like do is it a thing why was this year so important as opposed to like you know the next potential 20 years before he goes into historic is it 20 years after you retire uh yeah or it's 30 years it's 30 years yeah like he has he has decades uh like he'll be in he'll he'll be in he's he's someone that's definitely going to get in like I don't know why I don't know why people act like this is the end of the world. Like I don't know. Maybe people just don't know how this stuff goes. Because they don't know how it works, yeah, and they don't want to know bad. how it works. That's probably how, yeah, just an outrage machine, probably yeah. Uh, Ishii frozen at thirty eight percent. I and, as that's I probably. mentioned, I, that's gonna that's gonna change next year with Abushi and, and Naito getting out yeah. the way. Um, Edge frozen at thirty three percent, which is surprising. I thought he's gonna go down. I, he went up one percent here, so yeah, he, he's gonna have to keep going. Uh, Orton from twenty-seven to thirty-two percent, and he has that Shawn Michaels back, so I don't know what that what that's going to uh, hold for his future. But Edge and Orton are parallel candidates. I think that will be linked for a long time. Um, Tony Schiavone jumps from twenty-six to thirty-two. I think Schiavone's gonna gonna keep uh, keep slowly building momentum here. I uh, obviously I'm biased, right? Because I grew up on Giovanni. Um, uh, he, I, I don't really know how to do the Hall of Fame announcer thing or whatever else. Um, but I've always enjoyed his work. I've always enjoyed his work. I've, and outside of when he'll go over, you know, he was doing overtop stuff about this. Is the you know, in every, this particular week is the greatest potential week in the history of pro wrestling that he, they, they, he used to do. Whatever else, outside of that type of hyperbole, I've always, I've always thought he was a good ass announcer. So like I, you know, I, as far as what I give a vote out to him, I think I probably would spread it around elsewhere. But like to me, like he's been a positive influence on my pro wrestling experience. Yeah, same. Um, Roman Reigns. Famously was off the ballot, got thirty one percent, only thirty one percent, I might add, uh, for you know the but needle it's a big mover. Jump from going from less than ten to getting put back on ballot. Now you're in the thirties. I feel like it should be higher. If like if it was this, this the greatest WWE storyline that's happening and the needle mover and all this other stuff, like you know. You know, that people don't want to talk about as drawing the lesser of the two nights of WrestleMania or only adding like 300 extra seats in Madison Square Garden. Like these things that all happened in their last like calendar year. Uh, he did uh, headline some big shows like SummerSlam and Clash of the Castle, different stuff. The thing is with Roman, that's going to hurt 
every you know every WWE candidate is they're in WWE. You're in WWE. There's no way to quantify what you're doing. We yeah. might as well argue to put Nick Khan on, like if you're going to argue for Roman Reigns, like and it, there's just no like it's not like whatever way that we come up with to evaluate these modern WWE candidates has gonna, not been invented yet. We're going to have to eventually because like it's going to be there's no way that. And this is the, and this is what part of like what makes people lose their minds about the Observer Hall of Fame is like there's no way that we're going to have basically like an entire generation of WWE wrestlers be uh, partake in like the most successful like money drawing period of of the company's history and not a single soul gets in like it just bought like I I. I get, look. I know why it's going to happen, but to a fan that is a WWE fan, or is there, this is how they're starting into more pro wrestling around the world, they're going to see Observer List and be like, "Huh, what? The only person that made it was John Cena." That's going to be yeah. very weird. That's going that, like, and then you have to break that down, explain to him, and be like, "Well," <clears> and then and it, their minds are going, their, their minds going to flip in their brain, or their brains are going to flip. We in already their know where it's going to head. So yeah. yeah, like I think, so there definitely at some point is going to be some meaning in the minds of look, man. Like some of these dudes, ha- some of these people are going to have to get in. Um, yeah, Cena went in a, you know, Melzer, a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, Melzer, um Melzer mentioned this when he in regards to Becky Lynch's uh like uh voting um number or whatever else. He's like, okay, so she <laughs> oh, won, yeah. she won female MVP like two years out of the four years they've done it, and like she's like seventeen percent or something like that. Like that, that that's weird. Uh, 20. 20, 20%. okay. Yeah, like, basically the same percent as Rossi Ogawa, who's on the other side of the fucking world. That's weird. It's, it's, we're <sighs> going to have to come I, up with something. We're going to have to figure this out. Because, like, know, it can't, it's going to be weird. It's going to be really weird and awkward to try to explain this to people. Because, like, it, like, whatever way is going to happen, or whatever way we evaluate them, it has not been invented, and is not going to be invented for a while, I feel like. because I, I agree on that. I because, like, that. those TV deals are so like all encompassing it's like how do you really credit this one person instead of another like and it's not even just how do you credit this one person it's you know how do we tell roman reigns from randy orton like at at this rate Mm -hmm. like like you can't like um i mean i mean we can tell sasha banks becky lynch from charlotte flair But those are but those are the small look, cases, right? Those are the small look, cases. You're talking about the, you're talking about the macro. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, I get you. like like I get busy. Yeah, like like I feel like we've always been able to like extrapolate small things for Sasha that we haven't for um, different people. Like mm-hmm. we can, yeah. So let's keep going. Um, Matt and Jeff Hardy jumped to thirty percent. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, who who did what? Matt and Jeff Hardy jumped from twenty four to thirty percent. Okay, so they're they're going to be stuck for a while. It seems. Are, like. Are you uh, surprised that they're that low? No, nah, no, nah, I think they're kind of right where I where I where I think they're at. Do you okay? How much of the how much do you think? Okay, obviously it's hard to quantify this because their obstacles be on a whole other uh, like tier. If like Jeff wasn't a fuck up, but um. If Jeff hadn't had two DUIs in the last ten months, something like that, how I, I feel like obviously they're a legendary like tag team. 
I feel like most people that have watched pro wrestling in America and in, in our lifetimes will feel the same way. So I'm surprised by that number, but then again, I shouldn't be because Jeff's a fuck up. I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to figure out if I can get like what percentage do you think this was hurt by Jeff? Like where should they be? Like should they be? Should they really be in like the the fifties? Should they really be in like the high forties? Where do you think they really should be? Man, they might be where they at because Jeff is a fuck up. Like and like here in you a go. Positive way. Here you go. The fans you know. love him because he's a fuck up. Here we go. I was asked, I was trying to ask you a real question. Now you going to now you going to the jokes. Never mind, man. Let's move on. <laughs> I can't. I can't never ask you nothing to see by Jeff Hardy ever. Never. <laughs> Damn it, man. Live in a moment. Uh, Shingo only twenty one percent for for Shingo. I was I was kind of disappointed on he, that. He's hurt a lot by the you know the his start the start of his career or the beginning of yeah. his career or most of his career. Like being a Dragon Gate Dragon Gate USA guy, any guy over in America, like it, it hurts him. Like, but look. What did he come in, 2018, late 2018? He was essentially Kenny Omega's, like, replacement. Like, as far as somebody rolling in immediately, pushed high with that match quality, like, he exited the promotion, Shingo came in. Yeah, like, I I mean, I I love the hey. dude. He's one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, and I've only, you know, he's only, he's only been, you know, around, uh, I've only been watching him since, like, uh, uh, Russell Kingdom uh, 13 and I've just been very impressed with him ever since and like you know even the stuff he's doing with fucking King of Pro Wrestling like that's how good the dude is like they gave they're, they're giving him they're giving him lemons he's making lemonade at this point like the dude's the dude's great like for me he's a Hall of Famer I obviously did not see the beginning of his Dragon Gate stuff but like from what I've seen I've seen enough to be like oh yeah yeah he's like, probably raw there too yeah, like, it, it, you know, like, obviously you have, like, the, you know, we talk about, like, sports careers, whatever else. It's like, no, nah, man, I did not need to see Randy Moss's Patriots run to, to make me think, that, to wonder if he's a Hall of Famer. I saw the 90 touchdowns in the first seven years with the Vikings. Like, I, I'm good. I, 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 seen, I seen all I need to see. Like, I saw the, you know, the three 17 touchdown seasons. Like, uh, if he gave us more to, to solidify it, but, like, Sorry, I know what a Hall of Famer is about looking at it for the most part with me. And, like, I've seen that dude for for now almost five years now. And, like, for me, that's a Hall of Famer. So, if he gets in, I don't know. I, I think it's, uh, he has a lot working against him. Um, obviously, it's much the same way as Shingo. But, like, I'm sorry. That dude is one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen in my life. Rossi Ogawa, 21%. Yeah. First year um, on the ballot. Yeah. Um, you know, over the years, it's just, if it keeps going the way it's going to go, it's going to go up. Every single year, uh, I will say that the people that, that that were voting that I saw, I saw a couple of them, two actually, exactly two people that I saw that say like they're not voting for Rossi, but they are voting for uh, for uh, Takagi for uh, the DDT Booker. What? <laughs> um, I, okay, I, I would like I would like for someone to explain that to me, but like from the people that I've asked around on, like. What you think of it as being initially absurd is like when you write it out on paper, it's even it's probably even worse. So yeah, um, I'm misfiling on that one, but yeah, for, for you know, starting where he started, um, I don't know what to. I, I didn't know what I would expect initially, but like uh, you know, twenty one, 
you know, we'll see where he goes. He's somebody that is a, that's a vote for me, given uh, given what I know about his history. But like most people don't know, and I think that's the thing that's gonna that's gonna come to the forefront when it comes. He's gonna to, have to have more people draw, drawing out his. He's gonna need more vocal advocates, I think. Yeah, um, and you know, obviously you had um, like Alex from um, Last Word of or Last Word, and also uh, JD like make that co- that column for Voice of Wrestling, and like, is there man like? If you're if you're going to put obviously you have the Masanaga brothers um, that you know the four brothers that, that funded um, and, and ran New Japan or whatever or not New Japan all Japan uh, women's from um, from the beginning to until its closure but like outside of that like there as far as male figures I know people like talk about Triple H as far as like a male figure pro wrestling whatever else like outside of the Masanaga brothers is Rossi and no one else um, and like if you look at the two most popular women's promotions uh in the world's existence <laughs> he's had hands in both of them at a high level either he was the booker for one of them and, he, and he's based and he's the booker for the other one so yeah uh or for a long stretch of time of um, parallel success for both so like yeah um he'll get there eventually i think i think he'll get there eventually especially if Sardo continues to grow at the pace that he's been growing obviously at, at some point there is a uh a a line on the on spiking growth or whatever else but like you know when they said they had a plan for they or they uh, exceeded like um we're t- uh speaking of Kadani we talked about earlier like last year when he talked about like yeah like they reached our five year started reached our five year plan in, at the end of this year in in two years like where do you think it's gonna go on like in um all the talk of like they want to run a dome show um we'll see how this goes if he run if they run a fucking successful dome show. He's a fucking Hall of Famer. I think he's Hall of Famer now, but like it's undisputed at this point. Like, there's only been two women's dome shows ever, I believe, or Man, one. Got to pull and out big, be, big egg universe. Yeah, the new big egg universe. The new big egg universe. Except it's just stardom. It's not like well, we're, we're bringing L O W. We're freaking L O W P in 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 other places. Oh man, you bringing in Tokyo Joji Pro? What you what you mean? You saw the report. Is that sound like they're going to work together anytime soon? <laughs> Seems Nova said, how much do y'all think the Rossi is a pervert meme is hurting his Hall of Fame chances? I, I don't think that's hurting it at all. Personally. Um, I think it hurts to a slight extent. Uh, but then again, the other end is a man's end. So what are we saying? Um, got Bill Goldberg, 20%, 2% bump. I think Goldberg's stuck and he's going to hang out at the bottom of the ballot. I have similar feelings. Um, I don't know how to feel about someone voting for him or not, but like, I, I don't know. You'd vote for him, though, right? I would vote for Bo- for Bill Goldberg. Yes. I mean, look, he has a drawn aspect down. Like, you know, it's a fifty fifty thing between like, you know, what you do on screen and what you do uh, financially. Then, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and Becky Lynch, twenty percent. Um, now I know people may see that 20% and be like, well, damn. However, consider this, the people that are her contemporaries, Charlotte Flair, Roman Reigns, John Moxley, each one of those people fell off the ballot the first time they got on. Becky Lynch did not. That's something to look, that's something to consider. And I think that says a whole lot without actually saying it. Um, now, can she go up from here? I don't know, man. Um, is Seth ever going to the ballot? You know, 
Seth, I think, goes on for the first time next year. Or actually, he may have fallen off already. I feel like he fell off. Yeah, he may have fallen off. But uh, if one of you guys can check that for me, I'd appreciate it. But um, as far as Becky, she, you know, her 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 time at the very, you know, at her hottest point was not all that long. I think it was like a year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to have to break. She's going to have to stick around and, like, kind of have an unprecedented career for a woman in WWE. Like she's going to have to stick around until she's like in her forties, I think, and consistently like put together like more years because it seems like her wrestling's only getting better at this point. So, um, you know, if she wants to thug it out, I think she has a path towards, towards getting there. If she dropped dead tomorrow, I don't think she would end up getting in. I'm with you on that. Um, I think that the way that she is plugging along, um, that like she has set herself a path to actually get there. If she puts in the work, she's managed to stay, you know, uh, like on these shows, she's managed to stay on these shows. Um, yeah, I think that she ha- has a path in a way that like, um, only like three or four people actually have that are in WWE right now. It seems. Um, so yeah, I- I'm with you. I-, I think, you know, it's an interesting case. Has anyone, has anyone like done the, like, I know, um, last year after the year she had, um, Melzer speculated on like what about Utami as far as a fu- as far as like taking like a futures bet right, mm-hmm. you know like um like if you were doing you know like the John Morant thing but like you think he's gonna be all a famer like he's like I bet on it <laughs> like you tear his ACL tomorrow and it all comes crashing Probably. down right yeah. but I, I bet on it it's fucking awesome um at a young age uh but the same but like so uh, she, he did that with Utami my thing is like. I want to see what people's idea, uh, like uh, opinions are on the on the futures for Bianca because Bianca has it, but her age is like very uh, limiting as far as uh, as far as like how long she's going to be able to. Uh, you would think she'd be able to do this in WWE. So um, I, I think that'd be interesting to try to figure it out. I wonder if someone could, could ask Meltzer what he thinks about that because like obviously like you just look at it as far as just when you take away the age, you're like that's their best bet. Uh, mm-hmm. From a future, from a, from Oz perspective, is Bianca, but Bianca's what thirty two, something like that. Thirty. She's she's my exact age. She's thirty three. We're oh, 33. we're born so, we're born yeah. the same day. Yeah. So um, a blessed day. Um. So <laughs> so so yeah. Uh, it, it'd be interesting to see what what the thoughts are on trying to handicap that thing because like it's really interesting. It's like she, I mean, she has it. It's just the it's just the length of how long she's gonna be with us and if she wants to continue doing wrestling. Because you know she might want to start doing bodybuilding games. She just showed up to it to a fucking event. And just won. rolled out of bed. You yeah. know Triple H's love yeah. for that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. bodybuilding. <laughs> oh, I got you know do this. You know make sure make sure you're uh, you're training like this. You know something like that. You know. Um, <laughs> what do you? Oh. I don't remember. I don't remember Triple H's voice ever being that breathy. But okay. <laughs> you turned right. into a pervert. Hey man. I got to say, there is somebody on the end of this ballot. When are, when are the, when I just want to know when the charade is going to end. Oh, why do, why do the voters keep doing this? Why? Oh, I know Trish you're saying. Stratus have 11% and we all refuse to let her fall off the ballot. Stop it. Stop it. I don't know what y'all are thinking. There is no case. Sorry. No. Like, 
barking like a dog. I, I don't I don't consider that historically significant. Being a nice little mid Carter during the Attitude Era, I, I don't consider that a, a Hall of Fame draw. I don't consider this a Hall of Fame worker. What are we doing here? Stop this. Y'all tried this with the Bella Twins, and they fell off. Wait, what? They tried this with the Bella Twins a couple of weeks ago. Or not weeks ago. Um, like a couple, like last year or something like that. They had put like uh, Nikki Bell on the ballot or something, and it didn't work. Right? Did she get over five percent? She got immediately dropped. No, like, but did she I, even get five percent? No idea. <laughs> okay. But Trish Stratus, I'm sorry, you may have been a raw one time. Stop this. There is no what. This is not a serious candidate. Wait, are you this talking is, to Trish? Or are you talking to the people that voted for her? Trish ain't doing nothing wrong. Both of them. <laughs> what did Trish do? <laughs> Exist? Trish should have turned down the booking. What? <laughs> so people wouldn't know when, when, because if Trish turned it down, people wouldn't be able to lie and, and, and say she and come out here and use that as justification that she get voted in the Hall of Fame. Fuck that! So ridiculous. Say, hey Vince, c- hey, hey Vince, nah, stop that take, shit, bro. In fifteen take me years, off the show. The- <laughs> take me off the show. You know, <laughs> shit. What? Sorry, Trish. Sorry, Trish. But I, I, oh I, I feel like we got, we, we gotta, we gotta be like eleven percent. They, they like it's like they see her on life support, James. Like they will not pull the plug. They, they letting this woman just sit there in purgatory. How this is embarrassing. She, how long has almost. she been like uh, staving off, uh, being left off? How long has it been happening with her? I want to say she's been on the ballot for at least like three years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Okay, so the thing that's weird for me is, so at this point, you know she's never getting in. Yes. So, like, why don't you move your points towards, obviously, I don't really enjoy when people do the gaming system thing, but everyone does it. So, like, how come no one's figured it out? They're like, hey, this ain't never happened for her. Let's move these points towards fill in the blank. Yeah. Um, It never happens. Because think of it this way, right? When there's a glut of people that are in the 30s and 40s, whatever else, they all they're all selling votes from each other. The faster you get someone up before more people come in and will even crowd the field even more, the faster the better your chance for getting someone in in the long run as opposed to no, they gotta get in now. Right? Yeah. And obviously this is a gamification of, of the battle or whatever else, and that it goes against uh what you what you should do. You should pick the best candidates or whatever else. Uh but like if you are voting for Trish Stratus, you ain't playing that best candidate game anyway. Yeah, man. this I, I don't understand this. No, not Trish. Hope, I love Trish, but nah. Y'all got to let this go. No. Like, I refuse. Um, you know, you know, when I'm thinking about Aja Kong, you know, I'm not thinking about Trish Stratus. You know. She's already in. I'm thinking about Minami Toyota. I'm not thinking about She's Trish Stratus. In. I know. Okay. okay. These are the people we should be comparing her to. The people that are in. <laughs> well, the difference between like in and like people that are like you know some of the highest rated people to ever get in. I think Manami Toyota is like in the top. Is like one of the highest votes to ever get in. But whatever, do what you want to do. Jokes. Go going on the ballot next year: John Moxley, Seth Rollins, the Young Bucks, and the Beauty Pair. Interested to see where the beauty pair lands. 
Young Bucks are getting in. People just have to deal with it. I'm telling you now. I hope. Um, look, like I hope they don't try no funny business with these boys. These are first bout Hall of Famers, and y'all better like don't don't even fuck with it. Okay. How many times they won Observer uh, Tag Team of the Year? Over five times, right? I think they've won it seven in a row. Okay. Before checking how many overall times they've ever won it. Okay. If you have won seven MVPs in your divi- in your particular field, you're a hall- you're a first battle hall of famer, right? Like under like like when JJ Watt won three out of three at uh defensive player of the year awards in a row, he was he could have dropped dead right then and been a hall of famer, first battle hall of famer. Seven time winners, the chat is saying. Okay, they're they help start AEW. Once you get to five, once once you get to f- four or five, we're done here, right? So like they even they, they overkilled it. So good for them. Um, the first ballot Hall of Famers. So, it's, and it's it it's like it bro, is. they it's like they have all three categories in space. They have the drawing, they have the uh, historical significance, and they damn sure have the matches. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing to discuss. It really, all in. Right. Um, then um, who else we got? Seth Rollins and John Moxley. Careers that have gone like this. Does, does John Moxley double uh, Seth? I think. I think John so. Moxley will. He'll he'll get in the thirties. I think if Roman got Roman gotten thirty one percent right, and this is like this man been pushed harder than Jesus Christ. Yeah. Who has who has more quality matches and feuds? That's what I'm saying. Man, Moxley has the uh, he has like the work in multiple promotions. He's got the matches. He's got the positive kind of momentum behind him. Um, with and, and also the part where like he's going to win Flair Thez like two two out of the last four years. So if he um doesn't go in like. Like I don't think they're. I think Mystico cleared it up. He it was the only person. It might be in present of saying that Moxley's going to win Flair Thez this year. I think it's either him or Jericho. I I feel like Moxley's got the lead. Okay. Um, but you know Jericho was campaigning hard. Um, so <laughs> so there's he like it's it's going to be close. Um, but I think Moxley's going to win. Um, I think the as far as Seth Rollins, man. I think after after 2019, like I checked out of Seth Rollins completely. And, like, and people, we, we, we will both admit he's still great. He'll give you something. I mean, um, how many four and a quarter star matches has he had this year in on big shows? Like it's almost every single pay per view. When you think about it, the Cody, Cody stuff, matches. the the um the the um, I didn't like the, the cage match, but I liked the first match he did with Riddle. Okay, and then the match he just had the three way thing with um what's it called it? I think he ate at four and a quarter. Yeah, yeah, like he's had a slew of successful matches. Like the thing is, like he's just shot, and he's been <laughs> and he, he's, he's just shot. He's just shot. Like to see, like I, I would be shocked if he ends up with a uh, with a higher um, number than Roman at this point. Um, come next year. And Roman is in the little thirties. So there's someone that I think is going to make it, and there's someone else that I think is going to finish in the low thirties. That's what I'm asking. Like, is he going to double them up? Man, it's going to be feel, close. I feel like Rollins is staring down a fifteen percent, um, and Ooh. Mox is probably looking at. Maybe will do worse than, than like Becky. A, yes, 
Yes, because I feel like Becky has goodwill that Seth doesn't necessarily. That's true, but and she was allowed to actually get to the like top, pinnacle yeah. position That's where true. Rollins absolutely flopped. No matter how much anyone <clears throat> wants to spin it or anything like that. Well, I mean, the oh, fiend didn't help, but you're, yeah, yeah, fiend definitely like, didn't help. They wouldn't have never done no shit like that. The, they would never done the fiend or Roman Reigns. You saw it. Never. You saw what Roman did to the fiend. He speared him out of the main event, out of the company. Yeah. Now it's Uncle Howdy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Rollins is like, I I don't think, you know, Moxley had that dog in him, and I don't know if Rollins does like necessarily. He'll well, like well, he'll say he'll say all the things in interviews where he's talking about you know I'm not content you know I, I want to be number one and all that. But bro, I know those 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 words like these are words of a man that that is accepted his lot in life. Much like Momo Watanabe, like he's accepted <laughs> I, that he's number, like he's always behind Roman Reigns. Like it's just the way it is, bro. Like sorry, look, I know a lot of people that do not feel sorry for him. Look, I know that Seth. Um, I know you said Seth don't have that dog in him, but he does have some of that dog in him, and that dog in him is like that 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 that's, that's, that dumb loyalty. Like he is loyal like a dog, and look, if you were someone to actually care about something like this, uh, then he's gonna take it on the shin. Uh, but it doesn't seem like he really cares about that kind of stuff. And look, he still comes out there and has successful matches. Uh, when, nah, he when does care him. about that shit because he want he wants to be known as the best. No, no, I mean, I mean, observe, I mean, the observer all of him, not the not the best part. Uh, you know, because obviously he's had his back and forth with Dave over the years over different things where they're both wrong at different points, but whatever. Um, so, so yeah, like for me, uh. It's not gonna. It's not gonna be like he, he'll stay on this time if he if he uh, actually got left off if he got dropped off the belt a little before. But like he'll stay on this time. But it low thirties, something like that. I, I imagine something like that. Uh, yeah. So um, we'll we'll end the Observer Hall of Fame talk this year uh, with that. But um, yeah, man, always a fun. Uh, always a fun subject to kind of think about. Um, so, um, Matt Riddle, <laughs> um, apparently, uh, he they did an angle last week with uh, So Sokoa whooping his ass, kind of writing him out using the Umaga poke. Uh, they went ahead and um, carried him off in uh, ambulance, and based with the storyline, kind of wrote him out. Turns out. That he failed some type of drug test. And mind you, WWE does not test for weed. Um, they are saying he may be in some type of program for the next six weeks, which will allow him to come back on television after that. Uh, and he tested positive for something. Um, and if you don't smoke weed, chances are you do something a little harder than that. Um uh, I think if you guys look at the year that he's had and remember some of the shows he did not have a match on, um, David Bixon's fan is digging all into this, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, he, he's opening it all up, busting it open, if you will. Uh, you know, it, it riddles I had a lot of news in and out of the ring, um, you know, with, you know, the, the women in his life and, you know, the internet and 
the, the allegations and uh, now the drug stuff. Uh, you know, he was not on SummerSlam for a reason. Uh, that is all I'll say. Um, and this thing is like the, the, the way they wrote about this test is that he failed another drug test. So put two and two together. Uh, this is a multiple time offender. It sounds like um, <sighs> Matt Riddle. He could have had it all, James. Mm-hmm. He could have had it all. Well, got to keep in mind. How did he end up turning into a pro wrestler instead of continuing UFC? He was failing drug tests then. The weed. Yeah. So um, he's a fuck up. Like, n- not not saying anything about, like, um, whatever he's... Or making a morality play on whatever he's doing. But, like, you know you get drug tested. You keep... You keep... You keep coming from negative. This is your fourth... At least your fourth failed drug test. In mixed martial arts or pro wrestling. So, clearly, like, you... you you don't get with the program that like you can't be doing this at certain times. So um, it's unfortunate, um, but this no, is a wild boy. Yeah, and, and this is and you think about it, like this is low stakes on the things he's been. Uh, if you want to, you know, get into Riddle being a bad guy, this is low stakes compared to some of the other stuff that's out there. So <sighs> yeah, um, yeah, we'll move on. Um. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc ring of honor pay-per-view uh, this was uh this show was in austin or uh, arlington texas crowd was lit they were up for this um i saw everything except the last two matches james but i okay. guess we can go through it um right. started with um ar fox and blake christian taking on lfi debut of realistico which is Bruce's other brother man that's a talented family yeah um so uh ar fox and blake christian ended up getting the win we had the we had the uh, birth of um do-rag ar fox um in in <laughs> roh here uh, there was something that went on kind of goofy with the finish. Uh, yeah. It's like, like let's go may have a 450 gone. splash. Happens. <laughs> something happens. A 450 splash happens. And Drew, let's gets a shoulder up at two. And then the ref just counts three. And I'm watching. I'm like, fuck. And then Drew, let's and Roosh get up and immediately beat, um, AR Fox and Blake Christian's ass with chairs. And I at first thought like, okay, the way to argue with the ref, 
like that wasn't necessarily the finish. And then Meltzer talks about the history of Roosh and other stars in Mexico fucking finishes to do the whole, I did a job, I didn't really do a job, or blah, 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 and I can get away with it because, you know, whatever else. And I'm like, at the same time, understanding that this happens, also being like, it, the way they argue with that ref, it did not come off that way. Uh, but, and then also, like, the part where they beat their ass with chairs would be like, if there was a flute win, like, a you know, roll up or whatever else got out of there. But like he beat him with a four fifty splash, so it, it's it's so it's um so like from one perspective you could be like okay they went into business for themselves and then they laid out these dudes or whatever else and that's bullshit and then there's also the other part where like that wasn't actually the finish and like they're trying to get their heat back because they weren't supposed to fucking lose and they pulled it on the spot. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm willing to, I'm willing to wait and see on this one. I'm willing to wait and see on this one. Not sure. They did. These gentlemen did not look pleased when they walked away. They were, so they were pissed. Um, and that's before they did the whole you know thing with the chairs on Blake Christian and Ar Fox. And they knocked the fuck out of them. And then like Ar Fox, Fox was just, like I, sitting there. Yeah, Ar Fox definitely. Like the one uh, the chair shot that happened with uh, I believe it was Drew Lisko and uh, Christian or Blake Christian that was off camera. But yeah. like this match, it was fun. Tons of tons of uh, you know um, <laughs> tons of dives. There was a spot where. Um, Air Fox is a dive to the floor, and he doesn't get caught. And in like it like he damn near land on his neck. He gets right back up and does another dive, and then does a and then does like a like a not a four fifty, but like does another move. And it was hilarious. It was like, oh, I almost died. I'm good. Move, move. I was like, I can't wait to receive this. But uh, but yeah, um, it was sloppy, but it was fun for while it lasted. Yeah, I was into it. Um, <laughs> are always women's world title match. Yes, RLPW Soldier AR Fox, and indeed, um, are always women's world title. Athena defeating Mercedes Martinez, and this was a hometown welcoming for Athena, who mm-hmm. has gotten over in record time uh, by whooping white women, uh, as I suggested. Um, uh, and she, you know, ends up cheating, you know, cleverly. I, I might add to uh, get the win. Uh, these. You know, this is almost uh, like another version of Moxley and MJF, uh, hometown kind of person. Mm. Uh, felt like Mercedes uh, immediately kind of realized on the fly. I was like, all right, I'll yep. just work as a heel. And then you, you know, come up under me. They were in there hitting. Yep. Um, I was enjoying myself watching this. Yeah, it started strong. It, it felt like it got soft as the match uh, kept going. I don't know if it was an endurance thing or whatever, but it did lose steam. Uh, I couldn't exactly put my finger on exactly what it was, but um, got towards the finish. And as you mentioned, maybe maybe they were tripped up by the reaction, even though they probably shouldn't because it's a hometown wrestler wrestling in their hometown. Um, uh, and they haven't done anything strong to get you to actually, you know, do anything but cheer the hometown uh, wrestler, even though she's a heel. Um, so, so yeah, uh, it was a little, it was a little uh, weird. But, like, when they started, I was enjoying the hell out of that. They was, they was in there. They was in there hitting. Uh, and it was fun. Uh, and it was physical throughout the whole entire match, but it just, it just felt like it lost steam, you know, or whatever towards the end. And then it got to the finish and the crowd, you know, was really into, uh, that title change and they did it. And, um, and you should see what Athena does with it going forward. Obviously, um, in the pre-show, it was, uh, Willow versus Trisha Dora. The match was fun. Like, uh, Willow is super over. Um, but like, you know, whenever they want to do it, like Athena versus Willow. Nah, we got. Um, that's, that's not the, that's not on the agenda, man. Like we we, we gotta 
we gotta keep that far away. You know, we gotta we gotta have Athena stick to the code. Look, there's only but so many white women in, in AEW slash Ring of Honor. Eventually, uh, eventually, eventually. Look, if she can go through all of them, that's fine. But eventually, I think they like I think the I think the Ring of Honor crowd. Um, either way, whether it's Ring of Honor or the TBS title or the T or the um or the AEW Women's World title, like I think that like Willow, given her reaction she's, she gets, like she should be groomed to a title program. One of the three, uh, whichever one pick one, don't care. But like she she has um she has a natural um like or or taking to the crowd that like it's hard to find. So um I would I would make use of it soon got a tag team match uh swerving our glory keith lee and swerve strickland taking on shane taylor promotions uh and that's jd griffey and shane taylor jd griffey had made some appearances on dark elevation uh work with keith lee back in the earlier days this match had a lot of backstory actually into it a uh, really good video package kind of explaining everything um and basically it's almost like you know you, you left me and you know JD and, and Shane were coming for their revenge, and I think this was a, a nice way to kind of get Shane Taylor in there, like to try to give him a uh, a look. And I think it, it, this match ended up kind of highlighting JD Griffey a lot. And um, I was into this. Um, I th- think the crowd was like most up for this. You know, Keith Lee is kind of a hometown guy. Uh, there, Arlington. I don't know how far that is from where uh, he's from, but uh, this this environment was electric in this match. So, it's backstory when it's what you like. It's lore when it's what you don't like, huh? Okay, so anyway. Um, this match was really fucking good. It was sloppy at times, and it was really only sloppy when uh, when J.D. Griffey was in. And I can't make sense of how good he is or is not, or just is it on the level of the other three guys... I think the other three are like way more experienced from what I gathered. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Uh, but um, the story of the you know uh, malfunctions at the junctions, Swerve eventually leaving, uh, them teasing the uh, Shane Taylor Keith Lee uh, confrontation, uh, them you know building it longer, them getting to it. The fucking Shane Taylor high cross off the middle rope that Keith Lee catches and leading me to uh, message y'all in all caps that Keith Lee is the strongest man in the world. Um, This match was a blast. And like I know Swerve in our glory um, is on the outs and it's been on the outs for a while. It's been on Rocky Road for a while now. But they were a great fucking tag team for the time that we got them. And I don't know where they end up uh, on the tag team PWI thing last uh, last week that we were talking about, but I they, think it was too low. It, I mean, I remember you said that we when we couldn't find uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus in the top fifty. Uh, like they are definitely deserving of the top twenty spot, obviously. And Swerve Glory should have been as well. They were fucking awesome uh, at the time that we had them together. And it, it stinks that they're uh, leaving the tag division, but hey. I think they swerve and Keith Lee can both do so much as singles. Um, I I like how this was kind of like a mirror of the last match where instead of uh, uh, Lee walking out this time it was Swerve, but Keith was able to get the win right. uh, where where Swerve could not. And uh, the the meta part of this is 
they did they they did enough to move the story forward while not blowing it off and doing the full angle completely uh, on a smaller show. So they get to do whatever they're going to do in a bigger, uh, you know, with more eyes on it uh, yeah. in AEW yeah. down the road. But now it needs to be the trigger needs to be pulled officially now instead because they've been dragging this out ever since the last pay-per-view. It's over now. They need to officially part ways or, or beat the hell out of each other or, or attack each other, whatever. Trigger needs to be pulled the next time I see one of them two on TV. Yeah. So after that, we got the world six man titles embassy uh, featuring Brian Cage dressed up as uh, <laughs> my man. Um, what is his name? Uh, Canyon. Um, and that's what he was doing. <laughs> Yes, he was dressed up as Canyon after my heart. Canyon prototype, Lose, baby, a, a original ROPW wrestler, Canyon. Oh um, man, like what's the psychology? Up. I do moves until someone gets pinned. Yep, I do cool moves. <laughs> I innovate offense. Oh man, um, people talk about Katie Omega or the Young Bucks being video game wrestlers. No, watch Canyon. That's a fucking video game wrestler. Did you know Canyon was kind of like a mentor to the Young Bucks? No. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, I'm glad they decided to evolve, the, you know, the psychology. I'm glad, they, <laughs> you know, because if, if they wrestle like Canyon, boy, they. You think they talk bad about them now? Whew. Oh, man. Uh, Embassy ended up getting the uh, the win over the boys. Dalton Castle. Uh, this is all right. This wasn't, you know, too. This wasn't it bad. Was it, it was, it was all right. Dalton Castle to showcase that he, you know, all the stuff with him and the boys, and then like Brian Cage would like, you know, throw around the boys and so so what Khan and uh, uh, I forgot the the other Islander's name. Uh, was Toa Leona. Leona. Uh, it's Leona. Yeah. Like in um, yeah, it was just there to do in like obviously to, to switch the belts in you know, um. Melzer said that like Khan and Leo, like they're not that experienced. So you know, given their looks, you can see why they're getting shots. It's not like they're yeah. bad. It's just that like this wasn't a match for that. And like they also, I think the last paper <laughs> they murdered like Blake Christian and another uh, yes two people. They, 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 they fucked their asses. <laughs> yes, and that was fun. I enjoyed it. So um, this was just like this wasn't the match compared to the match they had at the last pay per view. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, I'm interested to see what they do as a trios. Uh, Black Saber Jr. says Dalton Castle may have a worse back than late career Larry Bird, but he's forever over. I mean, they're both in the brace. <laughs> yeah. Um, after that, we got Willer Yuta and Daniel Garcia uh, for the Pure Championship. Willer Yuta getting the win this time. Um, they had a, an angle jump off before this. They had Daddy Magic in the ring uh, cutting a promo. So you want to know what makes my nipples hard? I fucking screamed when he said that shit. <laughs> he said that before. It's always funny, though. Bro. Uh, and they do like some hijinks to get uh, top flight brawling with them, and then to get uh, Willer Yuta or Daniel Garcia out, or Willer Yuta out to the ring already. Um, so from there, uh, I think this was my third favorite match they had this year, or least favorite match they had. Uh, I like the one in Buffalo more. I like the one on the ROH show, and uh, I think uh, in Lowell, Massachusetts, better. Uh, I'm with you. But I'm with you. You know, it was still really good. Um, I think the the it, it was funny. Willer Yuta ended up using all them rope breaks. Like last time, it was such a uh, focus of him not using the rope breaks. And as soon as uh, Regal ain't around no more, that man can say, "All right, man, I can 
you know, I can use a rope brace if I need them now. Yeah. Uh, so there was like some talk, I think, from Meltzer and Alvarez about like, should the ref call a ref a rope break when like Dan Garcia throws, uh, is, is whooping or has control of the match, is whooping Yuta's ass, throws him, throws Yuta into the ropes and then slaps on a submission. Like, should the ref count that? And I was like, yeah. What what part of refereeing has to do with spirit of the rules? That's, that's, that's <laughs> not, outside of outside of t- the second base bag, everything else is is literally like the letter of the law. Yeah, his ass in the ropes. Count it. Take away one of his things, and I, and also that el- it helps get heat for Garcia. So of course you should do that. What are you talking about? Um. So yeah. Uh, I would have liked a more competitive match with the rope breaks for the for the pre rules thing, but like they told a story of, uh, of you know Yuta or sorry not Yuta but like Garcia blew a three nothing lead, um, so yeah like I can see I can watch them wrestle each other you know, anytime um going forward in the future they're you know they're setting themselves up to be like their you know career rivals I'm fine with that um. But yeah, I'm with you. I think this was the the least good of the three matches I've seen from them this year. But this was still a match I'd probably give three three quarters, something like that. Um, ROH World Tag Team Title Match: Double Dog Collars. The Briscoes packing up FTR for the ROH World Title Match or ROH World Titles. Um, I so I probably need to rewatch this match because mm-hmm. uh, I was watching it while I was working today. Got you know was looking at the laptop, looking back up. Uh, what I saw, I, I liked a lot of it. It was very, very bloody brawl, uh, a lot of walking brawling, a lot of big falls on the stuff, mm-hmm. uh, like such as chairs or chain spots. Um, I think I, I'm seeing like match of the year stuff on this and uh, very high cage match ratings on this one. I think I like this better than the second one for sure. Oh, it's way better than the second one. Way I better don't th- than the second one. I, I don't think it's better than the first one. Um, okay. So, uh, you know, like I said, I'm willing to watch it again. Because I think you gave the not, first one five stars, right? I gave the first one four and three quarters. Okay. So I haven't, I've yet to see the uh, first one. Uh, I have it on a hard drive. Um, it's, there's a, there's a, you know, there's, I'm going to get to it before the end of the year. Like uh, that, um and a few other things like I have like just ready saved like I'm gonna watch um the next couple week couple weeks or whatever else um that I'm gonna get to I'm gonna get to that uh but you know as as we talked about the second match um from a few months ago like I thought that match was worth was super long uh but it was worth generally over speaking like for length of weight it was still I was never turned on it was like I want to turn this shit off I'm I want out I want to pull the cord and get out of here uh so I ended up giving that four and a half stars. This match didn't go as long as that match, but this match was so much better than that match. Uh, a match that I gave four and a half, right? Uh, so I gave this four and three quarters. I never once con- uh, contemplate giving it five. Um, I'm, you know, maybe it's just me thing. Like, I'm just over fucking blood. And I know, like, you go into that match, you're going to get blood. So I didn't hold it against them. But, like, I also didn't think, like, oh, my God, it's so great because they're bleeding. It was like, no, nah, this is a great match. This is appropriate to blood and obviously the third match and all that kind of stuff. And they did pull out big big spots, everything, and I thought they made really, really good use of such a limiting thing, which is a dog collar match. I mean, this has to be the best dog collar match I've seen. Um, 
I think the best one I've probably ever seen is, uh, in my opinion, is probably like uh, Cody versus uh, Brody Lee. Uh, I think this way far surpasses that. Um, but in, uh, neither here nor there. Moving on, like I thought that like for limitations, I because look, dog collar matches can stink for the same reasons that like strap matches can stink. Like you're, it's you're stuck together, so it takes out so much stuff you can do. So now you're stuck to you're basically like fighting in a phone booth, and you have to use. Use the use the whatever you're tied tethered together with to to tell the story, and like once you do that with two people, it's just like okay, you start thinking about how to do saves, how are you gonna do you know X Y and Z from a tag formula, and it, it like the bar of for the level of difficulty for for them to make this work was very 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 high. This is about the most impressed I've been with an FTR match as far as like the level of difficulty and being able to pull it through. Since they've been in AEW, to be quite honest with you, um, mm-hmm. not say that, not that I think this is necessarily their best match in AEW or, or since AEW since they showed up to AEW, but like the stakes that were against them and the pressure against them because they've had this is their second match or this third match of this trilogy, having to be in them chains, having to be able to tell a long ass match, be able to have to do all the stuff they do and execute it. I was very impressed by them. Um, and while I find, and this is the reason why, like, while we go in on them every other week for being, for, for, uh, Dax being annoying as fuck or whatever else, this is why I've never write them off as wrestlers because they're, 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 we're one of the best tag teams I've ever seen, but they're annoying at times. And I think they're just not as good as the best tag team I've ever seen. So it is what it is. Um, and I'll, and, uh, and I, and that's why I call it, call it what I call it. But yeah, man, um, I think this is like the first full feud I've ever seen out of the Briscoes. Um, and every time I've ever seen them, I've, I've thought they were really good. I, but you know, um, this, I'm more impressed by them as opposed to thinking they were just great. Like I see why people think like they're like one of the greatest tag teams of the generation talk that you hear about them. Like I, I get it now as opposed to just thinking, like, Oh, they're just, they're just great. Like I get it now. I, and obviously I, Jay's better than Mark or whatever. I'm going to beat the drum for a second for the briscoes um it's time to get them in aw i just saw the message you sent me go to hell rich (laughs) (laughs) um it's time to get them in aw um and i know they have uh it's turner that's holding this back for whatever reason um well it's because they're homophobes yeah but they they've done a lot of work to change that like have they? To, I didn't know. Yeah, they've had a lot of people going to bat for them. Um, they've had well, it, you know, they've done that, a lot of. What have they done though? Like going to bat for them is one thing. Well, what have they done? This is you said they've done something. What have they done? I will. No, they definitely apologize thoroughly. Okay. Um, and it's just been it's like yo to keep them out of just forever, right? after apologizing after like you know people kind of saying like these are not you know like this is not what these people believe or anything like that it's like i don't know i think it's i I think it should be uh it should be put to vote at least it should be like a conversation should be had like hey is it a no forever is it something we what did it what needs to happen in order to, to break this because i think these guys need to get their due okay also uh, uh, so my question is Given the spotlight that these Ring of Honor shows have given the Briscoes, and we assume that like there'll be another tag team for them to do this with, um, 
do you think they're actually hurting to be in AEW? Because also, you also got to keep in mind that part where like they have the thing with like the farm and everything, and they make money, so they don't want to really yeah. be a full time team any damn or full time wrestlers any damn way. Or that, or at least that was the case years ago. I don't think they're hurt. I'm sure. I'm sure they're. You know. I'm sure they're doing all right. Well, not hurt, like, but I mean like itching to get into AEW. Couldn't hurt. Okay. Um, and you know, I I definitely want to see them. You know, take on some of the other teams uh, that are in AEW too. So like, I mean, it would definitely uh, help right now when like you know all the you know most of the juice as far as tag team wrestling is in the trios division right now. That would definitely be a huge shot in the arm for them right now. While you know. Everybody's in the trios, and plus, like San- Santana's still on the on the shelf. That definitely will help. Yeah, but um, yeah, like they like it was it was cool to see them, you know, get the belts. They're thirteen time champions of Ring of Honor now, so like I don't necessarily need to see them like moved to AEW because mm-hmm. like I think there's a charm uh, with having them as a signature act for for ROH, and they That's have. What I was thinking too, you know, so like there's some charm in that, and you know maybe. Maybe the move is to have people go over there to try to beat the Briscoes. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they went 2-1 with FTR, but they got the belts at the end. So mm-hmm. uh, that, that's I think that's cool to put on their resume. And, um, you know, as James mentioned, FTR is fucking annoying. Dax in pr- particular, right? But they, <coughs> they come out here and they hit hard and they... Like if they if I didn't know they had like a Twitter account that was annoying as fuck and like the, we the cornet so we would all like, enjoy them so much more. The cornet pandering, the 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 just general like, uh, like the, all the Bret Hart like heavy handedness is just like bro, it's it's just exhausting as fuck. It's like all right, man, like. I remember like the revival, like and why people like liked them at first because they kept all that shit in check pretty much for the most part. Um. And then it just kind of became too much, but um, I I like this match uh, from from what I what uh, I'm gonna have to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like I was at four and a half on my initial viewing, um, but I yeah I'm not a match of the year on this. No, no. Yeah, I'm no. not match of the year either. That, but my that, bar- that chain that it that chain when he was wrapping the chain around his head and he kept like fucking it up. And yeah, doing so eventually he just I has to hold it in front of dying. his head. I was dying too when it happened. I watched it live. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, so as far as match of the year, right? Um, it's really hard from like for my sensibilities for pro wrestling, a match like that. While I think it's awesome, I'm never voting for that for match of the year. Like a mm-hmm. bloodbath brawl type of thing uh, is not my steeds for what I think is the best match of the year. Like I want, I want like in ring competition between like the best wrestlers in the world or best teams in the world. Um, <clears throat> trying, you know, and then someone gets dropped and, and beaten in that way. Uh, and like this was a bloody brawl, and that doesn't like for my sensibilities. That just that's not as clean or as uniform or as rewatchable as, uh, like you know watching either Okada Osprey match this year. Uh, well, I, I think it's like but, it didn't it didn't have like the killer sequences that I would right. Like, look for it's not like a early. thing where you just like yeah, it's just this heated thing that you're watching, but you're not like on the edge of your seat like for the next for like the next last fifteen minutes of of a match. It's not it's not the same thing. Um, and obviously there's different, you know, and that's just for me, right? Like if this is on your thing, like I'm not going to knock you for it. I gave it four and three quarters. <laughs> I think it's one of the first matches of the year. Um, and I don't think I've even given 20 matches four and three quarters this year. Like, so, so like, 
I will put it on a short list, and I think that like it for me it would probably be like you know for what for what I've seen in wrestling this year, it would be somewhere it would finish end up on like the you know out, outside the top ten and somewhere on like an honorable mission type of thing. But um, yeah, great I just, rivalry, great yeah. rivalry for the year. Yeah, uh, but a great rivalry, and like this, you know, I have I have, to, I have to go back and watch that first one, but like I really enjoy. But I'm definitely going to go back and watch because how much I enjoyed this third match. Um. So yeah, uh, huge success for as far as the Briscoes and FTR. Up next, we have Samoa Joe uh, taking on Juice Robinson, World ROH World Television Championship. Uh, I did not see this one, James. Okay, so uh, they had no shot. <laughs> they had you no shot say. after following that, but. It was mostly Joe, you know, doing being my brawling and 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 that was fun. Ultimately, but it was a short match. Ultimately, like uh, Joe, pretty much um, had the advantage. Juice and New Gear um, mounted a comeback and then like got caught on the top rope and then got caught in the muscle and got picked up in the muscle buster and dropped. Um, matches oh matches fine. Match may even be good. But like you look at that cage match where you think this thing was a stinker, it wasn't necessarily a stinker. It just it just was a match that had no shot because the crowd was exhausted because they just saw a bloodbath with high spot with crazy ass high spots. Uh oh. Um, Weekly Pro Wrestling dropped Kenny Omega on the cover, um, and I think there's an interview in there. So, hmm. I imagine we'll get some hip hop quotables in that. Yeah, I imagine so. Um, so then the main event, uh, ring of honor role championship, Chris Jericho, the champion versus Claudio Castanoli. Um, this match was very good. And this met like, there were things in this match where like, I don't think I've seen Jericho like move from a technical footwork perspective this well, uh, in a while. Um, and like, for example, early in the match, uh, Cesaro tries to go for the big swing and Jericho like does like the, the twist like a twist out uh connected still to Cesaro to get into walls of Jericho like it was he was he was uh, he was on his game technically at start um then uh he's up in trouble out comes um uh 2.0 whatever the names are now um uh to to cheat uh it didn't work and then, like at, at at the end of the match, Cesaro gets uh, the big swing, and he's going one, two, three. Then you get to ten, eleven, twelve. Then you get to then you get to you know twenty, twenty. You're like damn, he's top. He's going over twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. Twenty one. Can you do something? <laughs> also in this match because of Jericho, right? Uh, every time there was an out there outside the, outside on the floor or anything else, and there was a ref counting to eight. Or whatever else, or or like somebody was in the corner, there's punches in the corner, and they're counting to ten. Every time they get to eight, they go Ocho. So like when they start doing the count for the spin, for the spin, they get to you know eight. He goes Ocho, and then they get to eighteen, and they're like Vente Ocho, or these young like, Ocho. They didn't know what to do. Uh, but like once like Cesaro gets to like twenty six, Jericho starts like it's like motioning. I'm like, what is this motion? And then the ref calls for the bell, and they're like. Oh my God! He tapped out to to, to to the big swing. I was like, "This is genius," because that's submission. 
let me the fuck go. I'm going. I'm going to hurl. I'm dizzy. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I was like, yo, this is great. I, I wasn't expecting it. I was, it was a bit shocking, but like, it, but once it happened, like, this makes perfect sense, all the sense in the world. Like, he's, he, he was swung more than anyone's ever been swung. He, Cesaro, or sorry, sorry, uh, Claudio always stops at 20, keeps going. He's like, yes, this is literally a submission. And I, and, uh, I popped for it. Um, I'd probably go like, I can see someone giving this four. I wouldn't. I uh, so I go with three and three quarters. But like, uh, it was a really fun match, and like, I, and that was a shocking that, that I I didn't thought that Jericho was going to win again. Um, I was all surprised by that. But like, yeah, it was um another really good match uh, between them. Another really good match between them. Um, I don't know what that means for Ring of Honor going forward or Jericho oh, now. But we'll like, get into it. But uh, I think it should be said like this was a very good pay per view. And like after all the shit you and I, and I like to say, Rich, you you cost you cost you cost your own team. You cost JSA last week. You said with Regal gone, they have officially won the feud. And I got news flash for you. Uh, Daniel Garcia, he blew a three nothing lead, <laughs> and then and then like so, and then uh, Claudio was whooping Jericho's ass so bad that like uh, 2.0 came out there to help even Oz, and then that didn't work. And then that man got swung and then retired, and then had her and then get tapped out to give up a belt. Um, yeah, uh, you know, like I'm sorry, but like JSA, like y- you set him up for the L. You set him up for the L. You had him with no. the W, and they, and no. they ended up giving it right back. They said, uh-uh. "No, nah, we don't want it. We real losers." Uh uh-uh. uh-uh. Regal went to went to go put on the jersey that that Jericho was talking about. So at the end of the day, you know, Regal, as my man Seamus Nova in the comment section says, Regal joined the Sports Entertainment team. Rich won the war, bro. Who won the matches? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> you can talk like you can talk about all you know this and that and the metaphor. Well, who really won? Yeah, you know, no, who man, really won, Jazz? These matches happen and sending out the company. It repeatedly, don't exist. It repeatedly, over and over and over. <laughs> the Blackpool Combat Club whooped that ass. I was willing to give you, you know, the, the regal thing because like it was funny. But then they were like, nah, man, we have enough of these jokes from Rich and Lot on this fucking one H radio podcast. We've been in this shit tonight. <laughs> so <laughs> if that was uh uh Jericho's last match, I think that's a hell of a resume uh for him. Uh, you think this is last the- match of the year? I don't know if he'll be booked necessarily going forward. He okay. might he might take the year off or the rest of the year off. Um so the news on this, uh, Tony Khan ended up announcing. They were like, "Hey, man, what's up with the television for Ring of Honor?" He's in the scrum, <laughs> and he sets up this long-winded answer. And yes. I could already tell yeah. that it was like he don't got no TV deal. Like, <laughs> like when when I was like, "Listen to," him, I was like, "No, like he's he's telling this long." It's like it's like, bro, like if you were getting interrogated and you were like, "Well." Let me tell you, like, like, were you there? Did you do it? It's a long story, bro. Let's start. Let's start. Let me let me let me start. Let me take you through it. That's what that's what Tony Khan did (laughs) in this press room, and 
not through like the fault of I would say Jericho because obviously he did excellent work. Yeah. Um. You know, I think it is fair to question now. Like, you know, ROH is going to end up a, as an honor club. They're going to have some type of New Japan involvement. We kind of mentioned it earlier in the show. Um. But aside from that, they were like, yeah, it's going to be like nine ninety nine. There's a certain amount of hours and footage that's already on it. Not the whole library, um, for what I'm gathering. Um, and there's going to be less uh, ROH presence going forward. Uh, I think it's fair to <clears throat> call this for the amount of television time that was spent on this, the brand equity. Like when we heard people, rightly or wrongly, saying, "Hey, man, I don't want to watch this ROH stuff all over AEW," uh, you know, and you know, people are like, "What's the big deal? It's only three letters. It's all the same wrestlers." No, like it's not. Like AEW actually means something to people. Ring of Honor does not. And I think, uh, you know, I, I understand the play for what he was trying to go for. It just didn't work um, as far as, like, trying to land them, um, you know, a, a, a deal somewhere. And it's an L. Like, there's no spin out of this. And, and don't get it twisted. He tried. He tried to spin this one. But I feel like we need to really, like, look at, like, the last however many months and be like, was that worth it? Um, Especially at the expense of people that felt like they receive them once a month or whatever else um, in AEW. And like, I don't, I don't uh, begrudge the uh, ring of honor talent that came over because like, generally speaking, they, they weren't like they, you know, except for like some stuff with Dalton Castle that I just despise. Like, it wasn't like a, oh my God, they're on my screen and it stinks or whatever else, or it's below the standard. Like I enjoyed, <laughs> you know, like the ring of honor TV stuff with Joe and, or, you know, Joe and Minoru Suzuki or for example, or, or whatever else, like the, the Jericho stuff. Right. Um, so I don't have a, I don't have much bad to say. It's just that like they, they made this play and it failed and like they failed, so we should be able to say, "Hey, y'all failed at this." Um, and now, now that this is a failure, now we have to go back and reassess. Like, was you know what was the uh, the unintended consequences of putting people that like not many people know or are into for that long onto your television at the expense of you know people like Darby Allen or Miro or whoever else you want to name from. Um, other divisions that were like, you know, that had followings or had like people interested in them or were invested in them to some extent beyond, uh, what Ring of Honor, the Ring of Honor, uh, roster had. Um, do, does it mean that I want them all completely off? No, because some of the people are valuable. Like, you say what you want to about Lethal or whatever else, but like, I enjoy what Lethal's on. Lethal normally has very good matches. Um, and, and I can go, I can go on and on. Um, but, yeah, that, that, it's a L. It's a L. Well, I can tell you what I see, like, when I see, like, ROH, kind of. I see, like, no elite wrestling. Like, and it's, like, completely separate apart from... It's it's just this Except weird for, like, vibe. Jericho. Yeah. Like, it's just this weird vibe. Like, for whatever it is. It's like, bro, I don't care about 2007 Ring of Honor. Like, I... Like, the fan bases, I think, have turned over a lot. Maybe it's just me, but... Maybe it's not either because <laughs> I've seen the results. But, um, yeah, man, it's, uh, you know, now as far as going forward with that with that show, got to wonder what that taping schedule is going to look like. I don't know. But they've got a chance to kind of do something cool with it. 
Yeah, they're going. They're going to have to make it must see though, because like they're putting an entire show behind a paywall, and that's smart because they don't have to worry about uh you know like ha- landing a bad deal and then you know the rating or the time slot not being up to par and then you got to kind of deal with that as well and if you put it on youtube i think that's like a just admitting failure um uh, even to a further extent so at least like try to try to do something with it but um until aw renegotiates their first deal i don't know how they were planning to sign a second deal right now like it just seems like it's far out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you think that? And obviously, uh, I heard like you know, um, was it this week? Rampage. Was Rampage? Rampage really was this awesome. Week? Yes. What matches were on Rampage? Moxley, John the Moxley, Moxley Kester match. Kester, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it was uh, what other match was it? Phenomenal. What was the other match? Uh, Orange Cassidy defended against Trent Seven. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That was the main event. Yeah, yeah. So, um, maybe with you know the you know pulling back on some of the Ring of Honor stuff, like they'll focus more heavily on Sheeta and the Bunny too. That's right. And that match was better than I thought it was going to be. Um, so I think maybe you know once you pull back on some of the Ring of Honor stuff in the push, if you will. Um, you get focused more on like trying to get Rampage back on point. Um, so yeah, like, you know, if the net, uh, if the net, uh, out of this is like Rampage goes back to what it was the first couple months, then like, oh yes, I, this was worth it because get this shit out of the way, get back to what we were really doing and like Ring Honor could be over there and like they're welcome in certain spots or whatever else. Uh, but not like to where like, Hell. you know, they're like 15, they're like a half hour of the show every single week. Yeah. It's just it's just a lot, man. And like even like, you know, he wants to run it a certain way, like build it up to where, you know, some, you know, you can do a show like a ROH versus like a W show. And, you know, you got it. You got a lot of like cool options you can do. Yeah, I, I'm just concerned that if you do it like that, you're pulling basically like, you know, the veterans. Right, like who's like who's the guy that's under thirty five that you would put in a ROH versus AEW uh, thing? I think I think you know you leave people over there like Joe, like Jay Lethal. Joe's um, up there. Lethal's up there. Uh, anybody that's young that like maybe you can keep Willer Yuta over there. Uh, I know you, I you put that. a lot of you put a lot of TV time into him this year, but I mean you gotta like someone could be over there. Um, I think you know on the pre-show there was a uh, Kingdom versus uh, Top Flight match that was really good, really mm-hmm. good. Um, and like you know the way that match went, it was like okay, like when Top Flight was around, it was like they're kind of like that team that just needs to get that you know that win and then they're on to something or whatever else. And like, maybe, you know, they can make use of them over there. Um, I wouldn't mind them if they're doing double duty, but like, yeah, they could definitely get some mileage out of uh, top flight going out. there going nuts. So yeah, I don't mind it. Sam pointed out how I tried to leave the biggest star in the business in ROH. Yeah, you did do that. You did do that. That's funny. Um, so it's interesting because, like, I guess when we talk about Rampage, I'll like think, think about the similarity between the Kesha, the Kesha's match with um, Moxley and like that Yuta match with Moxley. 
because like, yeah. it all came screaming back to me when that when Takeshi kicked it one. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, where do you want to go now? Guess we can talk about uh, AEW Dynamite uh, from last week, and this was in Austin, Texas, and this crowd also all electric. Yeah. Uh, I don't want want to do the full breakdown. We're already kind of running yeah. long on time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this was a sensational show. Um, this was Samoa Joe and Darby Allen fucking like Samoa Joe fucking executing Darby Allen in this match. That was insane. Um, just, Darby's going to be in a wheelchair. I hope not, but I'm sure having fun watching him. He's taking so many freaking ridiculous bumps. And obviously I say this almost every single time he, he has one of these matches like this, but it's like, it was like, it wasn't just like it was one or two. It was like four or five just ridiculous bumps in his Midlands match. And he, obviously he's making Joe look like the biggest <coughs> fucking monster. Um, and, you know, take that with the match he had the week before. Like Joe is like off, off and running with these two belts. But, um, yeah, uh, Darby, I, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned for him. I'm concerned for him. Uh, he's awesome. He's a great storyteller. And part of the storytelling is like, I'm so much more than these other guys and these guys are bigger than me so they can, you know, absorb more force than I can. The only way I can generate this force is if I, you know, hurt my body like a projectile. But man, he's going to splat a lot. And it's, it's, it's concerning me. Um, because obviously like we see him when he's in there, someone smaller than him, like he can, he go out there, he can have great back and forth technical matches and everything. So, like it's just a, it, they got to try and ration out when he wrestles monsters. Otherwise, it's gonna be this, and if it's gonna be this for like a steady diet of this, it's not going well for him. I wonder if he feels like he's got to do this stuff so he doesn't fall behind at this point. I'm sure he feels that way, but like do one or two, not five. You're gonna kill yourself. You're gonna kill yeah. yourself. Um, so the the open half hour of this show kind of belonged to uh, Ricky Starks, though he won mm-hmm. a battle royal. Essentially, there were a couple. Key eliminations, uh, Big Bill, as he's known. Oh, yeah. When did he switch his name to Big Bill? Bill. I realized that uh, this The Battle Royal. The Battle Royal, I think, they switched it. Uh, He eliminated Jungle Boy, so look out for something with that. But uh, this thing came down to Ricky Starks, pretty much Nathan Page. um, And Ricky Starks ended up getting the the Battle Royal uh, ring. And then MJF came out there, uh, started cutting a promo on Ricky, you know, laid down some insults, basically uh, called them over, um, you know, called him a, a, a lot of names, um, <laughs> called him, basically said he's the pebble and the crowd was chanting for the pebble, called him drizzling shits. He's a dollar store. Dwayne said he's going to send him back to YouTube and the NWA. He basically threw a oop to Starks and Starks yeah. like slammed that shit home like um, like it was uh, this was the best night of restarts career, I think. And, uh, you know, I always wanted to see it from him. Like, you know, it may, I still haven't seen it in a ring like that, but if he's going to talk like this, have at it. Um, like, Stars goes insane, basically saying, you know, calls him Maxi Pad. He, he does the comedy stuff. And then, like, he calls him uh, the insults, uh, the fifth rate Roddy Piper stuff, uh, the Low hanging fruit, time butter, cheap suits, cheap yep, heat, yep. cheap shoes. Uh, talked about him letting people down in the ring and out the ring. Yeah, um, from the grind. Uh, he talks about the autograph shit. He, he says he's gonna smack the mole off his neck. Uh, bunch of stuff. Fires up. Talk about how he was in Austin sleeping in his car, and of course that's gonna get over. Uh, you know, and, and this crowd's molten hot for Starks the whole time. Um, and this was like 
<laughs> I hate to say it, but no, I'm I'm, I'm not even going to say it. But uh, hey, star making promo. No, um, okay, I, I was going to say it, it, it reminded me of two other wrestlers, um, okay. you know, in their formative years. But um, the MJF attended, uh, finished it by kicking him low, uh, but he was going to punch him with the ring starts, hit a big spear, and then he held up the title. Yep. And our match was set for next week. Yep. Speared MJF out of his shoes. Um, this is this is the best like version of MJF is because this is similar to what he was what he did with uh punk a couple times where it's like you come out you say your killer lines and you're in, a, in but you know like it is set for you to say your piece and get out the way because someone is going to drop the you know drop the the thor's hammer upon thee and and he, he, and he, and he said and he set him up for you, you to all the criticism you could have or, or about like what differentiates you from being a, a knockoff rock or whatever else he did it right there because look um there is a particular uh, unique delivery that Ricky Sarks has that The Rock absolutely did not, and he and he put this on full display in a cutting, petty, uh, slanderous way that The Rock never really did. Rock was a jock bully. He was not as cutting as uh, the stuff Ricky Starks was saying, and um, I think that he clearly separated himself from any of those kind of allegations, if you will. Obviously, obviously there are similarities, but like saying he's like. You know, like the way people talk about like Eli Drake slash uh, uh, what's Eli Drake's name in WWE? LA Knight. LA Knight. Um, like he completely separated himself. Like, nope. There's some similarities or whatever else, but that's where it stops. Um, and I thought this was I thought this uh did a world of favor for for Ricky Starks and Ricky Starks had to go out there and execute it and it was perfect and it's one of the best like TV segments of the year and um. You know, for all the stuff we said about MJF last year or last week about like we didn't, you know, his first promo, whatever else, like he basically said, my bad. Let me go back to the basics. Let me go back and get this fixed. And like, this is the reason why, like, let me be a heel. And this is the reason why, like, you know, when even when with MJF does stuff that I don't like, I'm always I always say what it's technically always good. It's just I think he's, you know, some things I just wish he'd take out there. Some of the choice he made. This was a perfect choice. And we got one of the best promos of the year. Awesome, yeah. This was awesome. Uh, very eager to see like what this match looks like, and um, hopefully, they deliver. As I'd, I'd like that, I, I really <laughs> hope so. I really hope so. Like, don't like waste this, so don't don't come out here in three and a quarter this shit, please. <laughs> um, so uh, Mox was backstage, said it's all elite wrestling, not all elite talking, and uh, he's gonna be on Rampage. So, what's up? He said, hey, man, Paige wants another piece. He knows where to find him. Uh, he's going to be backstage. He's going to manage Blackpool Combat Club uh, uh, tonight. Uh, mentioned the, the Joe and Darby shit for TNT title. Fucking insane. Go out of your way to watch it. Um, <clears throat> set up a match with Orange Cassidy uh, for Rampage. After that, uh, we got Yuta and Claudio beating uh, Hager and Garcia. Uh, I believe Hager brought a hat. For um, casting Noli uh, at a certain point, um, they <laughs> at the end of this match, though I think is the real story. Uh, they played this pre-taped Regal promo that I think was designed to babyface him on the way out of the company, which I don't, I didn't think was necessarily necessary, but I kind of liked the, 
I like some parts of it. Like, hey, I'm still teaching you. Now, do you need to fuck your guy out of the world title to teach? Possibly no. I don't it, think you need to do that. Right, I'm with you. The ends don't justify the means, but I, I, but I get what they're going for on Babyface on the way out, and also the and also like in kayfabe, he's he's at home and he's very very hurt. So like it's also that part too. So um, so yeah um, and and also like by doing that, it kind of you know I remember you're really down on Dan- on Danielson that way, and like you know if this is if he's getting you know written off as he was injured so badly that he has to leave or whatever else and like it does help in the sympathy department for towards Daniel or that Daniel Bryan uh, Danielson's cause in a way so I think that's also a part of it too uh but I, I did like the touch it's just I you know I'm with you the ends don't justify the means on, on teaching that kind of lesson yeah and I don't know I I kind of like the MJF like it, it just made him like he he's he's even so much smarter than like MJF still because like he knew something was going to happen to him like so it's almost like you robbed MJF of the heat a little bit of him fucking this guy and to to frame it as Regal knew he was going to be fucked like maybe I'm thinking about it too hard but I don't know <laughs> I, don't, I don't necessarily think you are I just think that um Regal knowing that MJF was going to screw him, um, it almost turns him to a martyr because he's trying to, he's not actually trying to empower MJF. He's actually trying to make like his guys better. But it's like, if you're that smart to realize all this stuff, you couldn't find, you couldn't have found a better way than this. That's also what it comes back to. So like, you're like, you just like pull on the thread, you think about it too hard or whatever else. Yeah. So, I, you know, but I, 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 I didn't, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I actually kind of enjoyed like seeing that like he's on his way out or, or seemingly he's on his way out and he's able to like to say like, hey, like if y'all, you know, it gives him an excuse to want to stick around if, if as opposed to breaking this thing up if need be. Yeah, he said um, he's Blackpool Combat Club for life. I, I don't know. It's, then uh, Well, he's Blackpool Combat but, Club life. He's the one that's actually from fucking Blackpool. <laughs> like y'all need to shit after me. The fuck? Yeah, yeah, like we gonna keep me out of my really group. Like this the, the real look. This is the real William Regal Appreciation Society right here. Like <laughs> let that jazz shit fool you. This is what this shit was too. It's the same shit. Um, they um, but yeah, like they did that. Um, as far as the name thing and the things for life, it's like, bro. Like I know you're going to WWE. What the fuck? Like I, but. Right, but I guess I'm not supposed to like, think about it like that. There's also the part where like he's not gonna be on screen. Yeah, yeah. like was he on? Like he's, he's not allowed to be on screen until like 2025 or something like that. 2024. He's oh, he's okay. gonna walk. He's gonna moonwalk into a vice president role. So good for him. Um, and these guys continue to carry the name forward and stuff like that. So um, I, I've seen people uh, make some theories like maybe uh, Regal basically. You know, he dropped who could possibly break up the group in the promo. Like, I don't know. Like, there's I, I didn't I didn't listen to it that closely. Yeah, I think it's some conspiracy stuff. But could, um, could, could may, well, maybe like the number is on like a QR code or something. I have to click on that and find out. the secret <laughs> meaning. I don't know. So um, after that, um, yeah, yeah, that just all around like they're like, I, I like the message of it, I but some of it's goofy but um house of black video another one 
Um, <laughs> he said, uh, I, I think they're going to be in action next week. So uh, they've been beating the shit out of people every time they've been on screen. Um, they did a pre-recorded interview with uh, Hater. She basically says she's got a chance to speak. Uh, she says she's going to be watching the uh, Regina DeWave title match of Sheeta versus the Bunny. So the winner of that is going to get a shot of her belt. After that, we got a six-woman, uh, Jade Cargill, Layla Gray, Red Velvet, taking on Sky Blue, Madison Rain, Kiara Hogan. Um, this wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Jade basically tags in at the very end. Uh, this is an all-time uh, match in one sense. Um, but uh, Jade ended up getting the win. She uh, knocked Madison uh, Rain down with, with – uh, What's her finish? Uh, the Jaded. Jaded. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Glamazon Slam. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, who who knew that Sky Blue would, would be carrying the team, as Black Sabre Jr. said? Um, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I I don't know what we're doing here, man. Like, it's getting kind of long in the tooth. Like, I actually we, watched a match between, uh, like, a Black Level Pro match between Jungle Kiona and Sky Blue, like, this morning. I just, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I just decided like randomly type in Jungle Kion to see what like any matches were up, and I just clicked on that and watched it. Um, I miss Jungle. Brew Haven says if Trinity decides to go to AEW, what do you think she does? Um, she could go to AEW. You know, she's friendly with Jade. Uh, saw all those pictures of them at that Hawks game. Uh, I imagine some crooning and questioning was going on. So yeah, um, uh, she can't bring she can't bring her she can't bring her husband though. We have too many legendary tag wrestlers that, that, that drive drunk. We can't, we can't add more. Can't add more to AEW. Enough. Oh man, um, you know I, I'll say this for Naomi. Um, she's very popular. She, I think, wrestles in a crowd friendly style. I think that her punches actually look really great because it looks like her punches are something that people, like people would actually throw. Like shoots. Yeah. Um, on Manny Rose ass 2017, 18, that was a blast. Like, and y'all think I go nuts over the Athena gimmick of of uh destroying a white woman like But Naomi's, that was actual evil white woman at that time. Right. Like, let Naomi like get a little piece of that. I think that would work well too because of the punches. Um <clears throat> also, um they uh <laughs> <laughs> Funny comments. Also, um, Athena and Naomi also friendly. Mmm, didn't know that. Yeah. Um, you remember that picture they took at uh, uh, Evolution 2018? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I think she could slide in the in that TBS uh, division. Uh, she could why, why slide in. As, I mean, there's a natural, you know, kind of kind of thing right there with her and Jade. You know, I oh, I feel oh just like, Jade, not that whole entire scene, huh? I, and everything I mean, surrounding Jade, huh? You know, it's a lot. You know, it's a lot to choose from, man. You know, you don't, I mean, why not? You know, spread spread it out. So, um, you know, she she gets a lot in. Like, like I'd be I'd be for it. So, I I, I mean, if if she wa- look, if she's a take for me in AEW, she's a take for me. Um, like. The entrance, her own music that she can make, like the gear, all that kind of stuff, the the, the personality, all that kind of stuff, the in the uh, the ability in the ring, like I remember like she had a four 
She had a four-star match this year with, with freaking Charlotte, of all people. Charlotte ain't really cranking out four-star matches like she used to. So, yeah, I think um, I, 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 would, I would add her. And um, obviously, she's always been someone I always thought was more talented as a promo than she was ever uh, given opportunity uh, to be. And, like, I think that, you know, given what actually is that median woman's wrestler on the roster, I think, like, to add a star power of being a former two-time uh, women's champion in the WWE. I think that, I think, I think you need, I think you need Naomi's. Um, cause it also helps. And plus that, you know, that help like the, the amount of uh, respect she has amongst like that roster. Like you get, you know, you get the ball rolling on this. You see where this could be in like two, three years. Uh, you know, as far as other people that, you know, might want to look elsewhere. Like, you know, we always, I mean, years ago you talked about like, you know, Somebody's gonna be a big domino to drop eventually. Like if we start getting some more of these dominoes, it's gonna be real interesting. Like that other side might just say, you know what, we had enough. It doesn't do just completely just do away with women's wrestling. We're fucking done. Rock the business now. Like, cause remember uh, how many months ago it was when people were like, hey man, like Andrade's over here, Charlotte's she's pissed, uh, the company's pissed at Charlotte. Like, is she gonna test the waters? Like, I I think it's good for the business that there's another company where it's like. Shit don't, shit don't, you know, shit don't go right. People be like, all right. They can always go somewhere else as opposed to they're just stuck. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And there's like, there's a huge Ronda Rousey problem standing in the way right now. Ooh, yeah. That, that's like this roadblock I think everyone's got to get through. And um, they can't bring her back after WrestleMania, can they? Bro, they have to finish her up. Like, if it's me, right? And I'm paying her what I'm paying her. And, I'm getting the results that I'm getting out of it. I sit her down and be like, I think we've we've gone as far as we can go. Um, you know, try, I'd like to. If you want to continue, know. just try your luck in AEW. <laughs> Boy. Um, yeah, oh, my I, God. I, oh, my God. No, never mind. Never mind. I, I, I take it back. How can I how can I bring it back from the air? Oh, my God. Bro. If Ronda Rousey in AEW, that would be one of the worst fits in the history of major American professional wrestling. Bro, like, that would be so bad. Like, I would be coming on this show miserable every week. Rich, nobody reviewing wants her. her in WWE. You think, what do you think yes. the crowd wants, wants? What do you think Bro, AEW crowd wants? The WWE nothing? fans are trying to get her fired. They have her trending every week to be yeah. fired. Yeah. Uh, James is getting sworn at in the... In the- yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I see that. I see God that. damn. I see that. Take it easy, guys. Take it easy. I see that. But, yeah, uh, man, shame on you, Dr. Josie. Damn, God damn. Um, hey, yeah. you just say me. Look, you said Dr. Josie. I don't know why you say that shit. Don't, look, I'm not saying nothing about no Josie and Ronda Rousey. You leave that shit over there. <laughs> <laughs> After the response this got from just AEW, I damn sure ain't bringing this shit up for no Joshi. You know, Ronda Rousey beating down Azumi. Like, what oh the fuck? God. Oh my God. No, thank you. Don't want it. It's a don't no want it. Me, don't need it. Don't want it. Don't need it. Um, Better tell her I get back in that cage if you need some money. <laughs> tell her get back in all, that cage if you need some hey, money. All the people that whooped her is washed up now. So she might, you know, want to run it back. You know? Um, Wow, Ronda and GCW. Oh, this shit is fake. <laughs> oh my god. GCW. Yikes. Holy shit. Like, bro. 
Can you imagine like one of these goofy ass all star matches that they or goofy ass like matches that Ronda Rousey versus Maki Ito and GCW? Bro, Zach Maki brings up a good point. So he's gonna try to get Paige Van Zandt and Ronda working together, knowing TK. Oh my god, we haven't seen her like all year. Bro, they they they, they finished her up. We haven't oh seen her. God. Have we seen her since like past like Revolution? No. No. Yeah, like when's the last time you seen that put her against AJ Gray? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um <sighs> Brown Wyos says, look, that starting promoter is about a dollar, all I'm saying. <laughs> look. Um so you know, we talked about FOH um coming this weekend. Oh, Rhonda. Rhonda Rhonda will be drafted, y'all. She will be drafted. Y'all, y'all want a, a epic all-time burial? It's coming. I'm going to put her in the uh, the nominees. Um, now, if you guys have anything that you think would be a great um, FOH topic in the Social Suplex Discord, there is a FOH draft nominees there. Feel free to contribute um, to that. Got to our main event. Um, this is the acclaimed uh, taking on FTR. This match was awesome. Yes. Uh crowd went up for both teams uh they laughed a lot like max caster's rap was pretty good said he was gonna lose like uh i think it was some i, I couldn't lose remember like but, walker yeah lose but, like uh, walker. He, i mean he at the end he uh he, he some of those words so like he had to spit it out to make sure like he got the got the yeah. joke off on time at the bar uh yeah he um yeah uh, they went off um and they had an awesome match um this was this was very good. I went four and a half on this. Uh, I was I, can see that. I was looking at Anthony Bowens like, bro, just watch him in the match, like just moving back and forth between opponent to opponent. It was like, bro, this dude's fucking raw. Like, you know, like, like it was just like, uh, it was a good night for the acclaimed, and I think it was a even better night for FTR Anon. Uh, that that <laughs> those, psych- those, those fucking psychopaths um, that that <laughs> sat all year and blew up the ranking system and uh, just just swear just had F- just made us like you know the I miss FTR shit while they're like on the fucking show uh, and all this shit that like what they're acting like wasn't happening when it was happening. I'm glad the acclaim just beat these boys clean and moved the fuck on. Jesus. They, I, and I, look, and I've been saying for for months and months and months, and I don't know if I said it on the show, but in group chats, James can verify. I said FTR would never, ever win all four. Yeah. All right, Rich. So Jesus, th- just a little bit of housekeeping. Hey, man, I didn't think you were ever going to actually say FTR not on 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 screen. I, I had, you know, I, I I said that shit last week or whatever else, and I like my plan was like this is going to stay amongst, stay in house. I didn't think we were ever actually going to deploy that one, but damn, all right, all right. I, all I, right. It, I was feeling it at the time. Jesus right. said, <laughs> but but yeah, man, um, this was a great match and uh, very satisfying. Um, Black Saber Jr. Someone on Twitter said Bones is Frank o- Ocean Tanahashi. What? <laughs> Restrain that gentleman. I don't even know what any of that means. Um, but yeah, uh, great match. Um, and I didn't, I didn't buy into the near falls like seemingly everybody else did. But um, 
but yeah, like the crowd was going nuts over the, some of the near falls for it. But uh, yeah, I, I I'm lower th- on you than this, but like, I can see why people get, will give this four and a half. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know a lot of the acclaimed stuff. It, it goes back to swerving our glory, like getting them on the map with having really great matches, mm-hmm. and you know rolling through FTR here. So like these guys have turned into um, you know top merch sellers in the promotion, and they they beat FTR, they beat swerving our glory, ride this shit out, like let them beat a couple more teams, like let them get to like Revolution or something. Whatever. Are are they the biggest success story of the company this year? I think you got to put them on the list. Yeah, I think you got to put them on the list as far as like, you know, not necessarily like a known or no a known quant entity, but like not necessarily like, you know, you know, this huge thing. And then, you know, they start the ass boy stuff and, you know, the daddy ass stuff. And then it just keeps, you know, the momentum starts getting going downhill. And, you know, now here they are like they're tag champs that are loved by the crowd and like. They're now having great matches uh, with the with some you know great big matches when it's asked when it's asked upon them to have it. So yeah, um, they have definitely leveled up. Like I mean, they're a breakthrough. Like you know, most improved slash breakthrough thing for this year. They're definitely should be you know candidates from on year in awards. <laughs> definitely. Yep. So um, yeah, love this match. Uh, the crowd was hot. Love this show. This was this ruled um, and. They announced the um, the match with the Briscoes after. Of course, we reviewed that earlier. Yeah. And then, fucking Rampage. Welcome back, Konosuke Takeshita. Match is awesome. Um, so there was a lot of you know we just mentioned match may have been, it might be a four and a half star match. A lot of people think there was a you know a match of the year contender happened this weekend. Uh, this match is a match I'll probably rewatch first out of anything from AEW slash Tony Khan this week. I um, think this is my favorite match awesome. of the easily that or the tag title match from Wednesday. Um, there are the matches, the two matches I like the most. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they had a match. They had a match earlier this year that was also awesome. This one was a sequel to it, and like it shows progression of Takeshita's now. Like instead of he got put away, like he get, he gets to the point to where they do the he gets hit with the um, with the paradigm shift and it's seemingly over, and this fucker kicks it one, and like I am immediately transported back to the beginning of the year when um, Yuta is fighting to get into Blackpool Combat Club, and like Yuta gets fucking mollywopped, gets his ass kicked, bleed all over the place, and then he gets hit with a paradigm shift, and Yuta kicks it two, and like it for me that was kick out of the year, but like. But this is like off a of one count, and I was like, "Fuck, goddamn, this is good." Um, and I was in for rest for whatever was remaining of the match. But like, yeah, man, the crowd from that point on was like rooting for Takeshi to fucking uh, fight and, and fight and fight, wooing Moxley, and um, you know, ultimately he's getting put away. But like, yeah, man, like this is like when they announced the match on the screen before uh, on uh, Dynamite, and the crowd popped for the match. It was like. He's a no entity now. Like, it's not like he just comes out, you know, on the ramp, puts his arms in the air, and then, like, they're kind of quiet, and then he has the matches, and then they go off. Like, they remember him, they believe in him because of the level of matches he's had, and um, now it's a matter of getting him in a program or getting him in a situation. Like, obviously, they're doing something with him and Catalyst, but, like, getting him to where, like, they're, 
like they can see the momentum of this guy can win big matches against a big star, and it's going to happen eventually. It is time to start the push. Um, it's like this guy is incredible, um, and he he had a, like just a rash of matches earlier this year that I I don't know if like. I don't want to say people don't remember because I think they do remember, but it was almost like, okay, it was cool for him to lose those ones. Now it's like, we're let, let's get to the wins. Like people want this guy to win. Uh, I think he should end up being the first Japanese wrestler to ever hold the AEW championship at some point. Um, <clears throat> and I said, he would be a big test as opposed to um, getting somebody when they were 37 years old to get them when they're 27 in America. And, He's already already made made a venter already. Like so, there's not as much I think growth needed in Takesh's uh, case. So the, I, they clearly have an interest in him. Like I feel like these losses are kind of calculated. There's yeah. built in stories for them. You mentioned the Callus thing that leads to thinking there's some type of elite thing with him. I think he's in good hands. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, like. Like when I when I think about guys like that, I I'm excited about the future for and that can define this promotion. Kanosuke Takeshita, run it up. Yeah. Um. <sighs> it's weird, right? Because like I think the first time we both saw him in the same uh, the same match, uh, the Cyber Fight tag match. Or have you uh, seen him before then? I, I'd seen him before then. It's just funny because it's like the first like because uh, um. Last year, I was looking through my my notes last year uh, for like uh, match ratings, and um, like, it's just funny, like because because this is when we were explaining I was playing the day finish like my, how I rate matches or whatever else, uh, like for stuff that's like kind of like what my fallback is when I'm stuck in between a rating, um, and like I and I saw like uh, that cyber fight tag match of him and uh, Ueno versus. Um, Kaitoki and me and uh, Yushiki and, and, and uh, whatever kind of last name, Yushiki, uh, big dude. But anyway, um, and it's just funny because like, it's my first time ever seeing him. I was like, oh, this is Pocket Okada. Um, mm-hmm. Like he's a 6'2 Okada, so obviously younger. Um, and I think he gets more vertical and like probably does like more like power element stuff. He's, he's, I mean, he's he's buffer. Yeah. Um, but, but just like as far as just watching him, just like, it took me one watch to be like, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's all it took. And then like to see it like he comes over here and is like, <laughs> all I saw was one match and I fucking knew like this match. Like this is why I finished shows like he's a, like he has like the charisma of the Ultimate Warrior just from wrestling, not from running down to the ring. It's like yeah, he's fucking awesome. Uh, and you know, I mentioned to see like where they can take this and what his height, what the height this can be, but like. The in ring thing is not going to be a problem because he's just fucking fantastic. He's one of the best wrestlers yeah. in the world. He's been for years. If we just obviously, you know, it's DDT, so who the fuck can know? Um, or how many people possibly knew that from here? Um, but yeah. Mox has another one on the board uh, at the uh, end of yeah. the year. Um, so, like, it was like, yeah, man, just, just going to crank another one of these out. And I think he was sick, too. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Shots to, shots to him. So, um, yeah, man. Just rebirthing Rampage. I, I think I heard, um, like, even Brian and Vinny was like, the match that saved Rampage or some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
we had Sheeta and or we had Hangman Page run out, and oh, boy, yeah. this man put on a LeBron James you bum of the week jersey like in full form fitting. Like he came out and um, got on the mic, and I forgot what he said, but he stole on Mox. Mox rolled out the ring, and then something got he got fucked up, caught off guard somewhere, and he got his, he got his ass thrown into the uh, the post and whooped and separated essentially. And uh, I was like, what you doing, bro? What, what, why'd you start the fight and then end up on your ass? But it's not just that. He started the fight against a person that just had, like, yes. one of the better TV matches in the world of the year. And and, and it, was like a, it was a total, it was a very contested, like, competitive match. And then it loses like that. And I was like, all right, look, um, I'm glad they're doing this for you. Heyman Page has to win this match. There's no way you can be doing this to him and he's gonna fucking lose his match. There's no way. Can't be. I'm gonna kill it. I'm gonna kill him if they do, if he loses his match after this shit. That shit was embarrassing. Like, bro, you really? You stole this dude. He tired as hell. He still up your ass. This is shit that would happen to WWE that we would murder. Like, I think last time this happened was when um Starks attacked Hobbs. And then, and then, and then yes. Hobbs will Stark's ass early yes. in the year. Yes. It's I just embarrassing, that. bro. Yep. Um, uh, Brew Haven said, Mox and Hangman bringing back toxic masculinity greater than sign. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> um, we got Hikaru Shida versus the Bunny. Um, Always happy when I see the bunny on the screen. Uh, Carl Sheeta is defending the Regina DeWave Championship here. James, can you tell the people what the Regina DeWave Championship is, please? It's a top woman's title in Pro Wrestling Wave. Pro Wrestling Wave is a promotion um, that, like, a lot of times in the uh, 2000s and uh, 2010s featured the likes of, like, Asuka in WWE. Um, and also, like... A lot of freelancers over time in the last in recent years. A lot of freelancing. At this point now, they're like a freelance comedy promotion right now. But whatever. Um, they've had they've had a lot of good wrestling. Like one of my favorite wrestlers from like going back and watching like some of the older Joshi is like uh, Ohada, uh, and like she like her and Naruto Nakajima had like <laughs> slug fest. But um, but yeah, that that's wave. Yeah, man. Um, and they had a solid match here. Uh, I this this was better than I thought it would be. So um, you know, she has seemed like a whole different look now. Um, yeah, different hairstyle, all that stuff. So she's kind of getting back in the uh, in the groove. Uh, I don't like when she goes missing for a long time. Same. Um, and every time I see her, I'm happy to see her. So the yeah. winner of this match ended up getting Jamie Hader um, next week or. Yeah, uh, that winner is coming. So Sheeta's gonna take on Jamie Hader. That should be fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I thought this match was a lot better than it had any business being from what you would expect from these two. But uh, like, I think mostly it came down to it was like Sheeta was like, "Hey, just sit here and get hit a lot, and then we'll get out of here." And it was a, it was it was a it was a uh, it was a very good strategy because it worked out. Very well. Let's let me just beat your ass, and and you know you'll get a little, you know, we'll have Penelope come out here and cheat a little bit, and then like I'll I'll cut that off, and I'll beat your ass some more, and I'll I'll come out and thwart her, and then beat your ass, and then we'll get out of here. It worked very successful. 
Let Sheeta after, beat ass. Yep. Um, so after that, we got um, Orange Cassidy taking on the debuting Trent Seven, who is Kip Sabian's mystery, mystery man. Uh, Dan Housen did some funny ass shit. Like he <laughs> popped up in front of Mark Henry. Like it was, Mark was like, "What are you doing?" And you know, uh, I think that's like Dan Housen's popped me like a handful of times, and that's one of them. This is why he keeps making money. He's funny. Uh, so, oh, also the big Bill and Moriarty squash. Yes, thank you for bringing that uh, up. Yeah. What's yeah, up, Rocky yeah, Winter? First time chatter. Make sure you follow. Bro. So uh, I, I always wonder what it would be like for Big Bill to have a, a good wrestler as a tag team partner. I think this could work. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I, I want to see where they do in a competitive match at first. Uh, uh, first, but yeah, all right, in on worth, Big Bill. Um, but back to uh, the Mark Henry thing with Danhausen. So I had this thought because they were in Texas, like. If they, if just for one like week, if they like swapped out like Kendrick Perkins and Mark Henry, like would it make much of a difference? We would not notice um, a deep, uh, a, a bigger man with a Texas accent that speaks slowly. We would not know the difference. Right. That's what I'm getting at. Is I was wondering like how like Kendrick Perkins saying like you know it's time for main event. Like would people really notice that for like oh wait this we're Actually, they both have beards now. So, actually, no. It be much. People would be like, wait a second. Mark has hair again? What's, what's going on here? They don't look like, except for the facial hair. But yeah, my point is, like, I wonder, like, how many people would be thrown off guard by seeing Mark in a little screen. And they'd be like, wait, that's not Mark. That's, who is that? Is that Kendrick Perkins? Like, I, I just wonder how that would work. And then, like, also seeing on the other end, like, Mark, given, like, the level of analysis, of deep analysis that, that Kendrick Perkins gives on like the uh, the NBA today, like mm-hmm. how much of a difference would it be between Mark Mark Henry, a a world class Olympic powerlifter, and a former NBA champion, <laughs> Kendrick Perkins? Well, how how long before people realize that? Wait a second, Mark, I don't know what he's talking about. Neither do, neither do Kendrick Perkins. Y'all let him on TV. <laughs> Who gives a damn? He care. They both charismatic, ain't they? Shut up and let that man talk. Get out the way. Clear out. That's a good one. That's a good one. How long you been thinking about that? Uh, yesterday. <laughs> I thought about this shit yesterday. I'm, like, I'm gonna get this one off. I can remember to think about that. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the day house thing. Otherwise, I've been lost forever. Wasabi King. Why is Mark Henry hating on Steph Curry? That's a good one. Uh, oh, James oh, Brown, okay, I get you. I yeah. get you. It's actually yeah. funny because like, uh, was it um after that Celtics game last week? Uh, from the weekend or whatever else, like Kendrick Perkins said something like, you know, you see what Steph and Clay did, you see what Jason Tatum did, and he was like, there are different shades in his light skin thing. Boy, I fucking howled. Did you send that to me? Yes. <laughs> you know, I didn't know. Look, look, I didn't know. I, look, I didn't know Kendrick Perkins knew that. That's what we, we normally talk about in the secret light skin meetings. You know, I didn't know he was privy to that. Oh you know. my god! Uh, James Brown Wild says Big Bill and uh, Lee is wrestling. Remember the Titans, Jesus! <laughs> this tag team healing racial tension, <laughs> bro. Big Bill is so jacked and yes, swole, like bro. It's a. I don't know that, how that man didn't that end man up is, back in WWE. That man is as tan as the boots he's wearing. Yes, that man looks wheat. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but we got Orange Cassidy against Trent Seven, and um, I was puzzled. I was like, why is Trent Seven here? Why? What's well, going on oh, here? Look, bro, I got let go. I came over here um, in the in the transfer over to NXT UK. Like, I got a work visa to, to get on. I got to got to hit the ground running, bitch. Fuck you, mean? They're gonna send me bill. back. The bills are due. Yes, rent money due, right? So, yeah, they put him to work, and, like, obviously everyone has a thing about Trent's, you know, his look and his, and his physique and all that kind of bro, stuff. Bro, he looks like Raiden right now, bro. With like the hair? Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's big, got long gray hair yeah, now. he does. He does look like, uh, was it Chris Lambert, I think was his name? Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, Highlander too. But, yeah, like, the thing about Trent is, like, all that stuff is valid or whatever you want to say. And then the bell rings, and he's fucking really good every single time I see him. So, so yeah, he's chopping the shit out of Orange Cassidy, and they were doing play a playoff of the you know the thumbs up and the mustache and all kind of stuff. And like they just kept going and kept going, and they had a good ass match. Um, and you know I hadn't seen Trent, um, I hadn't seen Trent wrestle in a, in, a, in a minute. And like you know, last thing I heard about him was him doing the the, the feud with uh with, with with Bait. But yeah, like it was good to see him, and like he's still fucking good. Um, and you know, Orange Cassidy keeps keeps it rolling with quality. You know, um, U or not U S, but uh, they have I feel like Atlantic title matches. I feel like, and this started obviously before his title reign, but like mm-hmm. Orange Cassidy is just like the king of the succinct like eight to ten minute television match. Mm-hmm. Like, here's a question: like, When people were complaining about Wardlow. And the TNT title and everything, and like how he's not defending it. Like, do people for do people just not realize that like Orange Cassidy more or less like took that took that trap of being like I'm the TV title guy more or less. I did people realize that, that happened? Did they even realize I, it happened? I think people saw it was Orange Cassidy, and then the people that are very loud and vocal about not liking Orange Cassidy was saying Warlow's being wasted by him even selling for Orange Cassidy mm. made that the dominant narrative. Okay. Even though that match was awesome. <laughs> and it, like, you know, and Warlow had both to, of them. When that could have been a, that was an easy booby trap for that could have hurt Warlow along the way. It didn't. Other stuff got in the way, Warlow. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know. I, I see people in the comments saying, "Hey, man, like if he's gonna be here, can he just, like help lure in Tyler Bate?" They're not letting go of Tyler Bate. Not no, look, not in this regime. Look, if we get Mustache Mountain in AEW, how rich? If we get Mustache Mountain in AEW, how long do you think it'll take me to get a Mustache Mountain T-shirt? How long do you think? How long do you think before we get on? Like, okay, they sign. Let's say, let's say this right. Trent Seven gets is the all elite. Trent Seven, sorry, uh, the Tyler Bate is all elite on the uh, January eleventh forum show, right? How many weeks before you see me in a mustache mountain AEW shirt, like on the on the stream? How how many weeks do you think it'll take? Probably a month. Cause it takes me two. Cause it takes two weeks for the shirt, shirt, shirt uh, for the shirt Shipping to ship out, right? And then you know okay. maybe you just want to wear something different one day. Okay. And then, yeah, but that's you know. how soon it would be. Yeah. I fucking love. I fucking love uh, Mustache Mountain. They're awesome. So yeah, uh, they, they they know better. They they look. Triple H ain't no fool. Like we let we let him go over there. 
Especially I don't now, know, man. That man, man acting like he want to put sanity back together. So I don't know, man. Like <laughs> Triple H is like, you know how we we say there there are complicated figures and be like, yeah, yeah, man, I can't ride with all of his politics, but you know he does <laughs> some good and bad too. Like I feel like Triple H, that's his main roster booking destiny. Like there, there's gonna be stuff that he's just doing, mm-hmm. and then there's gonna be the, the moves people normally would like. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's, there's something to that. I think there's something to that. I, I just think, like, personally, like, he knows how talented those people are. And also, like, those are, like, his guys for that particular, for the UK thing. Like, he believed in British Strong Style Heavy. Um, much the same way that, like, he believed in, like, you know, Undisputed and Gargano and Ciampa. That is, but, like, that doesn't mean that, like, he doesn't think he can believe in them, like, at a higher level necessarily. But, like, he would like to keep them there forever. And that's the problem. Because if yeah. you're there forever, then it's like, okay, so this isn't developmental and, like, this is, this is like, you're, you're hoarding talent. That's ultimately what happened with the NXTs. So, Brew Haven said he's stuck in 2014 to 2020 NXT. <sighs> yeah, those are his guys. Yeah. But like, but here's the thing, right? So many so many people on the roster came out of NXT that, like, you can make the argument that about all that stuff. Because, of course, it was going to be that. Because that was the point of NXT was all the people who were eventually going to the main roster and become main roster and like and it's always weird when people talk about like who are triple h's favorites um depending on like who was on top during their run in nxt it's so it's, it's interesting it's like people talk about like you know the gargano and um triple h thing or cole or triple h but like they won't talk about like i don't know Kyrie or eo or sasha or charlotte or or everybody else that was you know um, someone that he was pushing at some point in NXT. It's, it's weird how people get that and who, who doesn't, and like I don't know why that is. Uh, Triple H is too busy hiring Sarah Logan's rank ass feet and Mercedes Monet's moonwalking the Bushy Road. Um, I mean, look, obviously one's a lot cheaper than the other one. Indeed. Um, Triple H has a mid batting average right now, looking like Ryan Howard. Jesus, Tri- Ryan Howard always struck out. Bitch. Yeah, but Ryan Howard also like hitting home runs. What hit home runs is Triple H necessarily hitting right now, bro? It's looking. I mean, bad. I mean, outside of the big shows, it's, I mean, his pay per views are better, obviously. But you get my point. Um, what was I going to ask you? Oh, I know what I was asking you. So look, uh, <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> if we found out that? Sarah Logan was out here uh, ripping up like the 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 average salary uh, status in WWE because she came back, but not but not but not Sasha. That would be like, wait, what? What's happening over there? All right, man. Look, you need to send you need to send Triple H over where uh, with Riddle over there in rehab because something bad is going on over here. Some some very very bad is going on over here. Uh, they they got Pete Dunn to stay once upon a time, and I think that was while Vince was around. Yeah, uh, Jane yeah, Brown, why was saying why don't any real Hoopers want to stay? Look, here's a question: Why does Triple H keep sending all the brothers back to NXT? Look, and I heard in storyline they fired Bobby Lashley tonight. So look, you never know where he might pop up. Uh, okay, the NXT or the New Day thing. Who else is there for the New Day? It can't got moved down. Look, Apollo Cruz. The New Day, Apollo was in the main event. Yeah. Um, fucking, they moved Ricochet at one point down there. But that, was for, that was for a spot, though, right? I don't care. <laughs> Ricochet, they had wait, him there. Wait. So how's that? Had, from, oh, so how's that? How is like for a spot going down? Like Apollo Crews is actually just down there, right? 
I don't know if New Day is going to be down there, but like, well, they Dolph got the belts, right? So. Yeah, but but like, so so did Dolph Ziggler. Like that was like a you went in and then you just drop it right back. I don't. I think that might be the same situation, but like. We, we, we've had AJ, no, not AJ, uh, I mean, we've had Finn Balor down there, we've had Charlotte down there, we've had multiple people down there, like, are you just saying this particular this is all happened. late? This, this has all happened in the last, like, two or three months. So, so the whole history don't count, is just like this last batch, is what you're getting at. Yes. Well, what was it? Since Triple H took charge, since he got in power. Wasn't AJ down there recently? I don't know. I think AJ Styles was down there recently. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Whatever. I get the point. Whatever. Our truth was down there. They sent him down there to, and he got injured. Okay. Um, the Ricochet thing was a Ricochet Mel- Carmelo Hayes thing. I don't know if that. I think it was a one off. I don't know if he was there for long. All I'm saying is keep your eyes open. Who else is going to down there? Who else? Who, who's next? Bobby Anybody Lashley, black. Look, Anybody it could black. Be it could be Lashley next. Look, I know what the North American title stand for. I know what the letters N and A mean, you know. All right, where do we go from here? <laughs> we go home. Okay. Uh, that's in the show, y'all. Thanks for listening. Um, be sure to raise more app you're using to listen to this with. Uh, if you are watching from the stream, uh, you can see in the uh, or on the screen, you can see our links to the Cash app and to the uh, PayPal. And then um, if you are listening from the podcast, you can go to our show notes or show description and find the link to our website where you can donate there. And let's say other shows on the network. Besides One Nation Radio, you have Keeping a Strong Style, The Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show, Grown Man Washes Shit, um, The Grave Consequences Podcast, 8 Big Suplex, um, All Things Elite, Great Mass Generator, Get in the Ring, and Meet the Press Slam. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace.